Warning, this show contains mature content and spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Ah, greetings. Care for a story? One of heroes and villains? Of swords and sorcery? Of romance and treachery? We'll pull up a chair and have a listen. everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The RPG Show. I'm your host, Nick, and today I'm joined by two great guys, uh, Kevin and Kyle. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Finally got us all together for this podcast. Yeah, we're on uh, round three. Round three, I think, for recording this one, so uh, happy for all of us that we got here. This last one uh, laid an hour on me, so I'll take that L, and, uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll move on with it. <laughs> Well, Nick had the poops well, and the sleeps, so. Look, man, <laughs> it's rough. It's rough being on night shift. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. That's fine. Uh-huh. Sometimes I get off of like working four days in a row, and I'm like, I'm gonna stay up a little bit later, and then I'm like, oh fuck, I stayed up too late. I'm not gonna be able to wake up. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Uh, well, now that we're done shit on everybody. Uh. <laughs> Uh, what have you guys been up to since the last show? Uh, start with you, Kevin. Uh, just been playing this. Uh, I got married um, a couple weeks ago now. but uh, Congratulations. Thanks. Congrats. So I really haven't had a lot of time to play anything else. So, yeah, this is this is it. And, boy, it's been a great, great time. All right. Sounds like it makes you want to give up gaming. This might be my final fantasy. <laughs> oh. Uh-oh. Right away, three minutes in. <laughs> Damn. Well, the, the the like spoilers at the end end of the game, like the book is called Final Fantasy, or whatever, right? And they they mm-hmm. even name drop Final Fantasy like when you fight Ultima, so you know I don't think they've done that before. Yeah, not not really though. But if the, if they do another action RPG, I'll definitely not play it like right away. Well, don't worry because I'm sure somebody on the RPG show will be like right there front and center again to pick the next Final Fantasy for the fucking show, just like Brent did and now Kyle gets to do that and so speaking of Kyle, how about you? What have you been up to? Uh, you know, doing well, living life, um, beat a couple of games since the last show uh, did Shadow Hearts, did Boulder's Gate 3, huge game, not picking it for this show take way too long um, Final Fantasy as well uh, just picked up Spider-Man 2, that's been a pretty good time also and uh, getting ready for second kid my way in two weeks so uh, might have to take Pathologic the next one off um, and then uh, we'll, uh, we'll see from there alrighty, alright, sounds good uh, well I've been playing Sea of Stars and I just beat it yesterday or something like that I haven't done yeah. the training yet, but that should be done tonight, I think. Good for you. Uh, that was pretty good, I think. It, 
definitely it took me a while to warm up to it. And that's a personal pro like a failing of mine. Nothing wrong with the game. <clears throat> so if we ever talk about it, it'd be a decent show to talk about. But I don't know if that's uh, going to happen because I'm not sure I'm going to pick it. But I might. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, all right. Well, as you probably guessed from the title of the show, today we're talking about Final Fantasy 16. And uh, if you're new here, the way we do the show is we have six categories, and we do a pretty detailed breakdown of how everything works. Uh, we talk about the gameplay, uh, the different gameplay systems, uh, our pros and cons, or likes and dislikes, depending on how you want to phrase it. Uh, then we move on to the story, and then we talk about the visuals, the music, and the voice acting, our overall experience, and then if there's any replayability to the game or any extra content. We also have shoved trophy talking there too for the one other person out there, maybe who cares. Uh, <laughs> now when we talk about these things, we do a rating scale between 0.5 to 5, and we allow half scores because I fucked that up early on, and then Kevin said, okay, we're doing 0.5 as well. The minimum used to be 1, but that's where we're at now. Uh, well, we had to play, had to play a pure solar, so I had to make a difference. Okay. <laughs> I had to go as low as I could go. <laughs> it's like I, I feel like maybe we should rename the RPG show to like the fucking sadomasochism show or something because <laughs> I keep putting you guys through the ringer. Should we just up the radiant system five to pure solar? Uh, yeah, pure solar. He wanted to give it a zero, so we get, uh, said you can do point five, and that's where we ended up on. Well, yeah. boy, that that all right? Yeah. Well, we already talked about that, so we'll move on. Yeah, it's it's very hard to resist going to a tirade on yeah. Pure Solar every time it's brought up. I mean, I feel proud about getting that platinum. At the same time, I hated my life doing it. So it's kind of well. You know, it's something special when half the people uh, that uh, said they were going to try it out dropped it after like three hours. Yeah, because they're like, "This is the worst fucking RPG I've ever played," and you're like, "Well." I'm I'm going through it now because I've got trophies. I got one trophy like in the first five minutes. They they got me now. So. Uh, the worst part is the stupid whatever and the, the whatever. Okay, anyway, <laughs> Final Fantasy sixteen. Yes. Another, um. Another point five, maybe. Just oh, just kidding. Oh. Just kidding. It's not that bad. <laughs> it, well, it is your Final Fantasy, you said. So maybe might, it might be the worst Final Fantasy. That's a debate we can. Uh. I don't know, I never beat 8, because that game made me fucking hate my life, so this is still better than than 8 to me. Uh, I know, I guess I'm going to get flack from the fan club in Discord, but fuck them, you guys are wrong. I, <laughs> I don't mind 8, but I also haven't played it since, like, I was in, like, 8th grade or something, you know, so. Yeah, I might be able to beat it now if, like, we were to play it for the show or something. I could probably stick with it. Maybe my opinion would change, but I got to, like some desert lo lo location or some bullshit, and then I think the guy with the gun shows up uh, with the cowboy suit or whatever the fuck his name is, I don't know. Uh, Irvine. Yeah. Beat the game like, three years ago. God damn. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> well, it'll be an easy show for you to do. Yeah, as long as you remember stuff, but... Oh, yeah. Beat it yeah, four got... or five times. Yeah. Holy shit, man. Okay. I uh, triad. Triple triad for life. Let's go. Once you get, like, your magic that you're not going to use, like, Built up to ninety nine, like you can just run through the game. So I don't know. Oh, you mean before the first cave with E for it? If you get the cards, 
Uh, well, fuck, apparently you just put Encounter None on, right? And then you don't have to actually play the game at all, which would be probably Travis's preference. Yeah, it's simple. The game is so easy. Yeah. But I like... Uh... I like the, not the main story, but, like, when you all pass out and you, like you're playing, like, the before time story. I like that part. Uh, with Laguna and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so on the, on the Final Fantasy VIII episode, which we're starting now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. We're back to 16. Back to 16. Uh, so 16 is for the PS5 only, I do believe. I can't remember if I read something about them porting it to PC or something, but they uh, are as far eventually. as I know. Okay, yeah, as far as I know, uh, it's PS5 only, it's time of the recording. And I read there's like some fear mongering where people are like, oh, they didn't meet sales expectations, but then some people said they did. So I don't know if that means there's going to be DLC or not. Uh, I mean, I kind of hope not, but they left some shit in there that could be DLC related somehow. I don't know how the fuck they'd fit it in because apparently they, spoilers, they killed everybody off or whatever. But uh, maybe oh. plays drill or something. Who knows? You do it. It's like before the end of the in battle type thing. It's like shoehorned in there before the in battle. That's what I heard. Oh, there's plenty of time for it. So yeah. Uh, fuck. See, I guess the director was Yoshi P, right? Let's see. Yeah, Yoshi I should P. fucking put this shit in here. He's the head guy. Uh. Maybe other people don't matter too much, but Yoshi P, if you've played Final Fantasy XIV, he's the guy who brought that back from the brink of Annihilation and saved Square Enix or whatever. So uh, I guess they were like, here, you get your own single-player RPG. And he said, okay, and then made it everything he learned from Final Fantasy XIV and he put it into Final Fantasy XVI, I think. Because to me, playing this game feels like a single-player Final Fantasy XIV, like, complete with the 10 second long like side quest accepting uh the jingle that plays whenever you summon your chocobo uh the quest structure of walk back and forth and talk to people for hours uh very riveting stuff but uh the game itself came out this year i think what like five months ago four or five months ago not that long we gotta say 2020 because this someone might be listening to this in the future well Okay, it's the year 2023, and Final Fantasy 16 has come out. There we go. Uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, I guess uh, we'll get into it more when we talk about the different categories and shit or whatever. So, uh, I guess we'll start off with gameplay. Kevin, what do you got for us? All right, gameplay time. Uh, so start off with battle system. Um, it is a action, uh, game, base game. Not, not, uh, there's not any turn based or anything. It's you, uh, to attack, you hit square. Uh, there's a magic button, which is triangle. Dodge is circle. Um, uh, there is, you know, hold down L1. And then you can do your different types of abilities based on what uh, icons you have equipped. Um, you can have up to three equipped at a time and two abilities from each icon. Well, for each icon you have equipped, you have two abilities. And then once you master abilities, you can like switch them in and out to different icons. <clears throat> um, and of course, some icons are better than others. 
you know, I think Odin's probably one of the best ones, but you don't get them until basically the end of the game. Um, and then uh, Phoenix is probably, probably Phoenix is probably the best one. Um, but and you get that at the beginning of the game, so it's kind of like a lot of filler in between. You're trying to figure out what you you kind of figure out what your gameplay style is. I use Titan as my other one um, because he has block. Well, I think Shiva's a better Phoenix because she can freeze dudes and they pretty much do the same thing. Yeah, but I never like. Well, I already felt comfortable with uh, Phoenix, and you get Shiva to, towards the end, so I didn't really use her much. Fair enough. <clears throat> I use both. You use both. And Bahamut. And, like, and Ramu. He's a lot of shit. Well, I used them until I got to the next one. I always used, like, the newest one. And then when I got to... Well, when I always kept Titan once I got him because I like the block. Um, And then... I, my third one is always whatever the newest one was. And then I got Odin. And I like to use the... Uh, what's it called? Zed skin? Yeah. I build that up, and then I switch. Oh, I switch in between my other uh, abilities while I'm uh, attacking everything, and then when I st stagger someone, I use that as Hukin, um, so I can get a you know big damage hit on them. So, <clears throat> um, but for the most part, that's that's the battle system. It's you know, you do have a uh, um, companions. You you have your dog for the most of the game. And then throughout the game, you'll have uh, various companions coming and going, depending on the story. Um, before the very end of the game, you get two uh, two companions for good, but by that time, it's just side quests, so it doesn't really matter. Because when you go to the final dungeon, those not everyone goes with you. Um, which is weird, because I feel like they should have took the dog with you, too. He's waiting the whole game. Could have made that happen, but right. Um, I did. I'm just now realizing that I didn't have access to Torgol <laughs> for the final fight. Wow. No. That's how much I use the dog. Yeah. Well, I used him for healing. That was about it. It's minimal. Well, now that you have Torgol, like he's your companion for most of the game, but he literally does like double-digit damage for most of the game. Um, and so you can control him. You can have him attack or heal. And it it's negligible. It's like, why did I even push the button? I got too many... Like, I can't use my thumb for the other things that I need to use. Because you have to use the directional pad to uh, command Torgal. And it's not worth it. Unless there's something I'm missing. you guys use Torgal at all? Well, apparently you can use that accessory that makes him do shit automatically. And that might make it worthwhile. Yeah, but, you only have three uh, accessory slots. And I don't want to waste it on Torgal. Well, yeah. But, like, I... I refused also to use healing items, so I just kept the dog panel on instead of the, the healing panel on. And it would piss me off because sometimes the dog would leave in the middle of the battle and then it re reset that when he came back. And I didn't like realize it, so I'd accidentally use a potion or something. And That's like, the biggest problem I had too, was like hitting the wrong button and switching two items from trying to control the dog and then wasting items. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, bad button mapping on that for sure. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah. Otherwise, I didn't use a dog, even though they're like, oh, you can do a combo attack and then set up a sick or whatever. I'm like, but that doesn't help. It, it, I'd rather, because like I said, he does like barely any damage, so I'd rather just not bother with it and let him, the AI can do stuff with him. Because at least when the AI decides to finally attack, it does like half an enemy's health, so that was cool sometimes. 
Yeah, and I like to focus on like my uh, my icon wheels. Like you know, like I'm going through this. I got uh, Odin, and I'm going to Phoenix, and I'm going to um, Titan. And I swipe, you know, as I'm sw swapping through them, I got I'm trying to figure out what I have on cooldown and what's ready to go type of thing. So um, I don't really, you don't really. It's not worth it to pay attention, basically. So. Um, you do have dodge that you uh, can use throughout throughout the game, and if you dodge on a per, you know th if you perfect dodge, you can you know do a follow up attack. Same thing with block. Um, then there's also if you time it just right and you attack at the same time, um, you basically stun the the enemy. But it's like super hard to time it just right. It's almost impossible. And like if you do it, you got lucky. <laughs> Cause I I never really tried, and I, whenever I got it, it's just I got I got lucky and I attacked right when they. And you're talking about you're talking about the parry, right? Not like the perfect block. Yeah, the parry. Yeah, that's the best thing you could do is parry because it slows time and you can just get like a shit ton of hits in. But it, yeah, I did it on a couple of bosses, but I just went more with the dodge route and stagger. Yeah, if you miss, you get totally wrecked. So it's like, I don't know, it's not worth. Yeah, I, I didn't really try because I was coming for no damage, and I was like, if I whiff this. That's that's another ten minutes of fucking cutscenes that I can't skip. So let me let me just get out of the way. Um. So yeah, we'll I guess we'll get into likes and dislikes uh, after this, but that's basically the battle system. Unless there's something else you guys want to add to it, it's pretty simple. You can limit break. Oh, limit breaks. Yes, yes. I I stopped using those too because it's like I don't know. I always saved them up for the boss and then I unloaded on them. So uh, if you hold down L one. Or L3 and R3 at the same time. You'll go into your limit break. Um, you have a bar that you can build up. Usually, I think it's like up to four bars if you max it out. <clears throat> um, and you just do more damage. You're like half primed, which means like you're half your icon. You're half chubbed. Half chub. <laughs> Still do damage, but uh, it's not full chub. So. And it's full chub is when you're in the icon fights. Yeah. Which is a different thing. Uh, it's like it's still the same kind of battle system, but instead you you the the summon, I guess. So if if people don't know what the fuck an icon is, it's essentially what they call summons now instead of eidolons or whatever the fuck. They change the name every other fucking game. Yeah, you're you uh, are the summon now. You don't summon. Yeah. you are the summon. Um, but you it's only in like uh, setup. You know, on the rails battles, you can't use it like any other time. That's that's what your limit break is now. Your half summon. So, I'd prefer like I would have preferred instead of a like a power up trance thing. Like you just limit break and you're you summon a freak and you like beat the shadow something for five seconds and then you G transform back or something. Because yeah. like, half the time doing limit break. It, like if you use an ability that takes a long time to like to actually start doing damage, you lose a bar of the limit break before you can even do anything. And I'm like, well, that was that's kind of a waste. All right, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Only other thing I would add, um, it does have stagger system, which is pretty common in a lot of games these days. You know, stagger, get them down on the floor, punch them around a couple of times. Full stagger does a little bit more, and then you got abilities that stack that rather than damage. Uh, right. Oh, yeah, and then you can, if you get the stagger bar up, 
or I guess you could get him to half health or some bullshit? No. Half stagger puts him on yeah. their knees, and then a full stagger gets you like six seconds of free attacks. Yeah. And then if you have, uh, what's the wind uh, icon called? Garuda? Garuda. Garuda. If you use circle when they're half staggered, you can pull them to the ground and get deadly them. embrace. Deadly embrace for the win all the time. Yeah, that's the only reason to not have Garuda. Like, if you don't have Garuda equipped, you're losing free damage. Yep. So, so I always had uh, Phoenix, Garuda, and then Odin. And then I switched when I got Shiva, uh, Phoenix up for Shiva. Because she pretty much did the same thing, like I said, except she froze dudes. So I was like, "All right, free yeah. damage with Garuda, freeze dudes. That's some more freeze, uh, free damage with Shiva, and then Odin's Zenzetsuken thing is a bunch of fucking damage. Yeah, so might as well. And then I guess before we wrap up gameplay, there's one like thing I've never seen anybody mention, and that is when you're doing boss fights, there's a damage limit cap to different phases. So mm -hmm. if you unload, like if you unload your whole onslaught on a boss and you would otherwise like in any other video game just kill them the game is actually like you can go fuck yourself because it's not taking damage until we do the scripted cutscene thing so that really pissed me off a lot did not know that okay. yeah there was time so there's times i'd like i'd stack giga flare and then like zensetsuken and uh like the phoenix's uh embrace thing or whatever the fuck it's called like where you like his ultimate attack the phoenix and then like i'm to rebirth yeah, and then like Cold Snap or whatever the fuck, the ultimate attack for, oh, Diamond Dust for Shiva. Yeah. And like, it'd be, like, it, it would fuck shit up normally, but then I'd notice like a, there'd be hits going and no damage was happening on the, the boss bar. And I was like, oh, okay, so this is how this is working. I gotcha. Uh, you just don't want to, like, use all your attacks because you you just lose, you don't, they don't count, but you lose them. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'll just figure out. What, how I want to do my combo, whatever, and then uh, not waste cooldowns because otherwise I'll be sitting here for two minutes just pressing square. So yeah, fun, <laughs> good times. Um, but yeah, that's the basics of it. Uh, a lot of the boss battles are just scripted fights uh, after a certain point. Um, it's really hard to lose. You can, because um, sometimes there's like a lot going on and you don't know what is what you're supposed to be doing. It's just like a lot going at you at once. So every once in a while you'll have like you just die because you just didn't know what was coming at you. At least for me, it happened to me a couple times. Like that Bahamut fight, like shit was just going on. I'm like, what the hell is going on right now? Like that final form part, you know. Yeah, that one was a little weird. The other ones were not as terrible. But yeah, the Bahamut fight definitely was a little off for me, too. I'm like, okay, how am I supposed to get to him? Like, I'm, like oh, this button makes me go forward, and this one goes around. I'm like, okay. Got it. But uh, yeah, I think I died once of that fight, like, at the very end. But whatever. Well, like, they'll... So it's a, it's a super MMO thing because like this is straight out of Final Fantasy fourteen where like they'll have a big fucking boss and then they have like screen wide attacks, um, like indicators on the ground, which is a common thing also. Where like, hey, don't stand in this shit, or otherwise you're gonna take damage. Uh, but then like they just pull shit out of their ass, and the only way to know like how to like defend against it or fight against it is to 
get killed by it once. Right. So that you're like, oh, okay. Well, this is what I'm not supposed to do. Got it. Uh, so it's very light on the, like, giving the player kind of any kind of pre-warning about what is coming. Yeah, you don't gain knowledge on the battle system or whatever you're about to fight. Like, I, I think I put put this in my notes for likes or dislikes, but, like, the good games that do this, like, you build towards the boss. So, like, some of the regular monster mobs, they'll have, like, a aspect of the boss. So you kind of learn from the bot, you know, from the... the the trash mobs, but you still learn from them, and then you're like, oh, okay, I see what's going on here, but none of that happens in this game. I'd say that dragoon fights actually do exactly that. You fight a lot of dragoons in this game, you kind of get an idea for when you have to dodge their jump attacks and that sort of stuff, so, mm-hmm. like, in some ways, yes, but for the main, the major bosses, you're right, absolutely not. They did not really give you a prerequisite to know what they're going what to expect in those fights for dodging yeah the dragoon fights were pretty nice because like the first one you fight he just does regular jumps or something and then maybe he does like a mega jump or whatever a double jump or something and then the next one you fight has those but then he also has like uh like mirage jumps or some shit mm-hmm. and they kind of add a little bit extra to that it's like okay so the fights are like it's the same fight but it's not really the same fight all right that's cool well, yeah, that's uh, those ones, but those are never really the main bosses. Those are just like some mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, sometimes you get medals for no damaging those guys, so they, they count as main bosses. I think like twice they're actual <laughs> bosses in the first two chapters. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, story of this game. Some stuff great, other stuff makes no sense why it's not as good. Well, I'd say this entire game is style over substance, but... Yes. It's like, uh, I think I made this analogy on a different game, but it's the chocolate bunny thing again, where it's a chocolate bunny mm. hollow on the inside. So I can see that. Um, but yeah, that's uh, Battle System. Unless you guys have anything else? Nah. Nothing good. I mean, there's other things you can do. You can charge your sword, charge your magic, but like nothing really... I don't know. I feel like nothing like helps your damage that much in, in the gameplay. So it's kind of like you just smash square a lot and then do your, you know. Uh... Well, yeah, because like you got cooldowns, and when your stuff's on cooldown, you really don't have much else to do. I'm sure people that love the game are like able to combo dudes in the air or whatever, and like good for them. But uh, most people aren't doing that. Yeah. So yeah, uh, character growth. Um, in this game, you uh, get XP for beating for every battle you fight, and you level with XP. Um, but uh, most enemies uh, I've learned are, or as you as you'll learn, is are just damage sponges. So even when you do level up and you're fairly amount higher level than things, they're still not. Like, you don't just destroy trash mobs. You can't just like swing your sword and just kill them. He still takes like a couple minutes to kill, you know, regular mobs like throughout the, uh, you know, when you're one, running through the fields and stuff like that. Um, there's also well, so like my problem with this, sorry, is like you level up and then you see like the stat screen and it's like strength plus two. You're like, oh, so nothing. Okay, great. Right. And you like you go to buy a new weapon, and it's like strength plus five. You're like, all right, why well, am I upgrading this? Yeah. Yeah, at the best, honestly, you get more health. 
not a whole lot else changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when you level up, it doesn't really help you that much. Um, and then you also get um, ability points uh, that you can use to upgrade your abilities. <clears throat> uh, but you can only have, uh, I think, was it six abilities at a time? So once you have maxed out, maxed out that, like you really don't need to do anything anymore because you can move around your ability points. Um, so it's kind of a dumb system. Uh, I don't know why they couldn't uh, let you use all your abilities, or at least like you know cycle through more instead of just three. You know, I feel like they could at least do one for every icon. Right. Or at least if you're gonna like make restrictions, do like a passive buff, depending on what icon you have equipped, to make them worth equipping more than just whatever active ability you get for person circle or whatever. Yeah, that'd be a good system actually. But I will say, coming from Boulder's Gate three with like ten radial choices, like individual screens, you don't want to put way too much in that. I think if you had all the icons, it'd be really tough to pick between eight of them to do three different abilities. Yeah, but you could find a happy medium somewhere. Yeah, right, exactly. You have, right? You get eight yeah, half, four. for sure. Yeah. Because um, there's still room on the, I the HUD, right? There's, like, you get the two dots for icon, and there's still plenty of space for them to put one more. So, just do it. It's not hard. No. <laughs> um, I guess space for it. Torgal can level up too, but it just happens as you gain levels. It's not like anything you can really do. I guess like I was reading uh, Reddit, and just when you get to a certain level, Torgal goes up. So it's nothing like in game you can do. It's just besides leveling up your regular. Experience. It's a bit misleading. Because like the text is like, oh, as you fight battles with Torgal, he gets stronger. Yeah, as you get. I took that to mean like the more fights you do, not just leveling up, which I guess is the same thing, but. Yeah, but it makes it seem like just by fighting with him, you get he gets stronger. But no, it's just your levels go up, so does his. So, um, but that's basically it. Uh, not too complicated. You get your points and you use them as you want to. Um, mini games. Uh, there isn't. There's, any, there's not even fishing in this one, so I was kind of surprised by that. But uh, the only thing I put on here is you can play music on the jukebox. That's like the mini game, unless I'm forgetting something. No, this game needs a mini game, though. Honestly, like something to break it up. It, there's so many opportunities you can do, like just with town building. Like they missed the opportunity on that. Like you build your town, kind of. By these side quests, but indirectly, and you don't really get benefits for it. Like most good games, like you know, build your town, and when you do these side quests, like, hey, oh, I get all these herbs now growing in my garden, I can go get them from there instead of paying for them, but they don't do any of that kind of stuff in this game. So, kind of like an art, it's like an RPG element they just threw away. All right, that's minigames. <laughs> this gameplay part is going to probably go pretty quick until we get to the commiserating. So, uh, Traversal. 
Uh, you can walk, which is how <laughs> the game is designed. There's not a... You do get a chocobo, but it's a side quest, so it's not technically part of the main game, which is baffling to me. Um, so yeah, you can walk or ride a chocobo. Um, the world map, you can fast travel to anywhere. It's not one big world map. It's like split up into four different uh, bigger maps, or four smaller maps, I should say. Um, there is definitely big, um, but uh, I don't know. I just don't like how disconnected they are. You don't get like an airship or anything like in this game. Um, so you can fly through everything or fly around to get things faster. So if you are doing your side quest, you got to go to, a, uh, uh, one of those points and walk from there or ride your chocobo. <clears throat> um, so traversal is kind of a slog, um, which they could have made. I feel like they could have made better. Even like Clive running, you have to hold run for a, a, like five count maybe before he actually starts running. I feel like he should have had like a button for that, you know? Um, anything else you guys want to add about traversal? Uh, no. I just would, I guess, a, a gripe about the Chocobo uh, is that you still can get into fights on the Chocobo, so all it does is, like, you spend 10 seconds summoning it, and then if you fuck up and accidentally get too close to enemies, you get off the Chocobo, and you have to fight. And it's like, I'd rather do what they did in, like, Final Fantasy VII, which is, like, you just don't get encounters on the Trocobo. Yeah. That's why I'm riding the Trocobo. I'm not trying to fight shit. I'm trying to go somewhere. And you can attack with your Chocobo, but it doesn't do anything, and then if you get hit one time, you get knocked off. So, yeah. Hmm. All right, uh, moving on. Chops. Um... Each town has <laughs> its own shitty item weapon uh, that you can buy uh, at the town. They all have like the potions and stuff, and they all have like their own unique um, accessory you can buy that typically deals with where in the story your icon is. Like the icon you just got has some kind of uh, accessory you can do to increase the the cooldown or decrease the cooldown or increase the attack of one of your specials. Um. Uh, yeah, by a whopping five percent. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and, the mo and most of them have like a record you can buy for the jukebox. Um, and then your main hub has like, uh, Sharon, where you can buy all your. Basically, you buy your new weapon from Sharon, and then you go over to the right next door and you get it upgraded. Uh, and then you have your upgraded weapon for the next story beat. Uh, that's usually how it goes. Um, but yeah, those are shops for the most. I think that's it for the shops. Unless yeah, pretty common RPG ones. Nothing. There's no special shops or anything like that or anything interesting. It's all the same kind of stuff. <clears throat> kind of boring. Um, what is unique uh, on gameplay? I put, you have an NPC that explains what the fuck is going on. <laughs> like, that's... <laughs> Which one? I know, exactly. You have two. <laughs> one, it's explaining the dynamic of the, of like, the politics. 
where it'll show like this person's connected to this person and the other one is basically like the glossary where it'll have like all the characters history and monster uh and it places it like your gives you information about monsters and places and people basically and the other one's like this person is friends with this person so if you haven't been paying attention to the game uh, you know that they're friends and that they hate each other or this person is now dead and that's that was unique um the gameplay is definitely unique i guess where it's boring so that's unique uh, wow <laughs> Okay. Uh, I, <laughs> oh shit! It's unique. Sorry, sorry. Keep going. It's, it's so boring. <laughs> I mean, the uh, hot take: this is probably the worst battle system of any Final Fantasy, maybe. For me, my opinion. Um, that's unique. But yeah, there's nothing that unique in this game. Uh. You guys got anything you want to add? Before we get into the last uh, dislikes. Yeah, for Unique, I mean, I thought the active time lore was pretty awesome in the game. Um, just the fact that you could press the middle center button and kind of get a general idea of who they're talking about in conversation. If you needed that, I thought that was pretty cool. Right, so if you're looking at your phone when the game was going on, you can hit that button to catch up. It's for all them Gen Z years, I guess. For the parents, for my aspect on that one. Nick, anything? Uh, thing that I already said. So I guess we could just move on to likes and dislikes. All right, Nick. What are your likes and your dislikes? Oh Jesus. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Grab a try. For gameplay. We'll do this first. Everyone, <laughs> Nick, we'll do likes first because that'll be quick. Nick, uh, well, I didn't like. I didn't really write a likes and dislikes. I just wrote for the first time, like actually something in this doc. So I'm just gonna read what I wrote. Okay, go for it. I guess uh, it, I have like each category. I guess so. Uh, battle system, uh, as you kind of said, it's boring. You just press square a lot. Uh, sometimes you can press triangle for like a magic attack, and you can. Uh, apparently combo that in like weave it in between like pressing square but sometimes it didn't work so i felt like i was just wasting my time like trying to do an extra like five fucking damage with the stupid magic attack so sometimes i just said fuck it didn't even worry about it you can buy an upgrade that lets like i guess that extends the frame input time but still that sometimes it felt like it just what like i pressed triangle when i was hitting the enemy but it didn't do anything i'm like I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. Like, I need some kind of like uh, indicator on screen, or something that shows I, like, I fucked up the timing, or like, was it me or not? Like, it'd be nice to have some kind of tool, at least for a little bit, like some kind of optional like accessibility option, I guess maybe that lets you like see frame timing for that kind of thing, so you can learn the the, the timing for that, not just have to guess at what the fuck's going on. Um, I didn't like that you're only stuck to three icons with six abilities total and like half of the abilities because you get to choose between three per icon like half the abilities have like a three fucking minute timer and the other ones are like 
a minute or something or maybe less but they don't do like as much they like a quick attack or something so it's like do i want something that's actually going to kill something or do i want something that i guess you can weave in between your square combos every once in a while i ended up choosing the long shit because at least i'd know i'd kill shit afterwards um dodging was fine it worked like you, there's an accessory that lets you auto dodge if that's what you want to do which is cool i guess uh and then there's another one that doesn't auto dodge for you but it stops the game and then like you just press the dodge button and it, then it dodges so i don't know why they needed two of those accessories but whatever uh i played for a while without the auto dodge and then i tried trying to do no hit bosses and i said fuck it and put the auto dodge on and it made life easier so i just kept it on the rest of the game i tried to take it off at one point but i didn't know how to play the game at at, at that point because i was using the crutch of auto dodge and i got like my ass trounced in one fight just against random enemies because uh like there would be a bunch of mobs and then sometimes i'd get targeted by an enemy i, I couldn't see so i'd get hit in the back in mid combo i'm like oh, well this isn't fun so i put the the dodge thing back on and it just dodges all that shit for you so whatever um the ai ai companions when you have them are cool uh sometimes like a lot of the time they just stand around and they don't do anything uh, but then when they actually attack things, they do like half the fucking enemy's health, where sometimes they just kill an enemy in like one combo string. So it feels very like, I don't want to say like emasculating, but like not, you don't feel like a powerful character when your enemy, like your allies are like one shotty dudes and you're sitting there for like 30 fucking seconds just spamming square and then like using your abilities and they still have like a quarter of their health left. And like, I don't feel strong. At no point in this game did I feel like a strong dude even though i'm like the, the strongest motherfucker on this planet like i feel like a weak piece of shit even when you go back to like fight easy dudes it still takes you don't one shot anything you have to hit them for like 10 seconds before they die and like this i don't know any other game i've played where you get to the end of the game and you go back and fight like easy dudes and you don't just kill them so i i don't that was frustrating i guess uh <laughs> yeah i mean i'm i, I know what you I feel like also there's no like there's no good feeling like hey you hit this combo or they're weak to this thing and you can take them out you know what I mean it's just hitting square like there's there's what like eight elements or something or I guess there's only seven because you get fire twice but you can go fight a fire like a bomb and throw fireballs at it and it doesn't heal and it's like all right this feels wrong why is why is fire damaging this fire creature? This is not... My brain is not, like, computing this. Like, every RPG I've played, there's... Like, even some shitty phone games that... The combat is, like, you press one of three options on the game, and you can do, like... There's weaknesses. There's a weakness system in that. Why is there not a weakness system in this game? Like, where the fuck is that at? It would have made combat way more interesting, because then it would have made your icon choice more... Like discerning, right? Like you, you have the three icons. You're like, all right, I need three different elements, and I'm going because I'm going somewhere where there's gonna be like fire dudes. So I can't really use a fire icon, otherwise I'll be healing them or whatever. So I gotta use. There's no water, but I guess I use ice or whatever. Maybe that'll do more damage or something uh, to these dudes. But the, it's not everything is a damage sponge, and it's like I don't understand what the fuck they were thinking. Like, cause even like in the Final Fantasy 14, enemies have weaknesses to elements and stuff. I don't know why like they just, that's not in here. Like it feels like a core 
thing about having different elements in the game to not have enemies respond to different element like advantages or strengths and weaknesses or whatever like when you're inhabiting an icon's power you could like it could change your like normal attack strength like turn it to fire attacks or turn into wind attacks or whatever and then like make you more susceptible to the different elements that you're fighting or something like anything to add a little complexity to the combat would have been appreciated yeah. uh <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you on that I, I feel the same way all right so done with combat now growth uh whenever i got new weapons and armor i didn't feel like i got an upgrade it felt like it was making me waste 10 minutes to go like buy shit and then walk to another npc to upgrade them when that could have been one npc or just give me the freaking pre-upgraded shit like i don't whatever uh when you level up it doesn't feel like you get stronger because like i said you get like 50 health and then like two fucking strength or whatever and you still do the same amount of damage to shit whatever uh, sometimes when you upgrade icon abilities, like they get more hits or they like do more damage or something, which is cool. But like I said before, like the cooldowns on some of them, like there should have been like a, a staggered up, or like a perk system or some bullshit. Like when you choose to upgrade, you can like choose a path. Like do you want to do more damage or do you want a faster cooldown or something? Like again, give the the players some kind of variety or like a way to make the game like their own. Like make Clive their own character. Like, so when you talk to your friends and they're like, oh, yeah, when I leveled up Clive, I made fucking uh, Diamond Dust uh, faster so I could use it more. And then your friend's like, oh, well, when I did it, I upgraded the, the amount of hits I did so that when I fought something, I staggered it faster. Like, anything to just, you know, mix it up a little bit. Right. Um, when you, I mean, when you master them, like, you spend... Like, you spend a bunch of fucking AP to master the abilities, and then all it does is let you use it on a different icon. Like, okay. Whatever. Like, that's... That's fine, I guess. A waste of a, a bunch of AP, but, you know, uh, Kevin said you can just reassign AP, which is kind of shitty because you have to, like, wipe your whole fucking board, so why isn't there a thing that says just D-level? Like, I, why is that not a thing? Whatever. Like, sometimes I just wanted to remove one ability. I don't want to have to relearn all my fucking shit again. I think you can. Uh... Can you? Well, I guess yeah. I, maybe I just like pay attention to that. I was, I, I was in and out of that menu as infrequently as possible. I think when uh, you just have to hover over the one you want to get rid of, and you like circle or something. Okay, yep. I, I was just looking at the bottom of the screen, and it's like reset skills, and I was like, oh well, I guess I'm fucking doing that. So that's my bad then. My bad. Yeah, but it's also they didn't really explain it that well. I just tried it. Yeah, pulling a Travis, and I can't read, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see, mini games. there aren't any. Traversal, uh, there's fast travel, like you said, between the different points, uh, but because of side quests, you still, like, you fast travel to a spot, and then you walk five minutes to talk to an NPC for 30 seconds, and then you walk back. Uh, or I think you can fast travel out of where you're at. Yeah. It's been, it's been a hot minute, yeah. Uh, so that's cool, like, you just fast travel after talking to some dude, but, like, I don't want to walk for five minutes across the fucking map to talk to a guy for 30 seconds and then have to, like, warp back to another fucking town. Like, this, please, there's, we've been playing games long enough. Like, there's, we've been designing games long enough. We need, we don't need this shitty, these shitty side quests. Like, oh, you for know. most of the stuff, like, that you get from the side quests, it's garbage. And they could have just rolled that into, like, main story rewards and just got rid of the side quests. Uh, I forgot to mention I don't... one thing. What's up? I forgot to mention one thing. Okay. There's like a fame meter type thing 
where you get like um for doing oh yeah reputation reputation yeah where you get uh points for doing side quests and regular missions and you get random junk that you don't need for for it for the most part oh i guess we also forgot to mention that there are bounty hunts in game playing so yes that's that's unique too i guess that's your side quest or the bounties uh oh yeah so what that is is like you get a bounty board and there's named monsters that are stronger and you find you have to find them on the world map the clues you get are kind of garbage i feel like any other game they'd be like all right you read the thing and it shows up on the mini on the map where it's at but this game's like oh yeah in sanstria whatever somewhere where the sun rises and the moon shines in the darkness uh there's a monster that's been killing people yep just walk it's like okay (laughs) what the fuck all right, I guess I'll just walk the whole fucking map. Thanks for wasting more of my time. Or I'll just gonna Google it and skip stuff. Yeah, that's what I did. I said fuck it. Like the first one, I like first couple. I was like, all right, let me try to figure where these things are out, uh, out and about. And then I said, fuck this. Google knows the answer. Yep. Um, shops. Okay, we can't talk about that. You just buy some shit from Sharon, and then you go to the blacksmith dude to upgrade it. Like I feel like they were there because you have to have a shop in an RPG. Uh, like they could have like, again just given you the fucking new upgrade as part of the story or some bullshit. I don't know. Like it's, I I, I never bought potions because you get them when you're playing the game, yep. like randomly. Sometimes you get them from monster drops. Sometimes you get them from chests. Well, they respawn on certain pl- places on the map. So I know I found out one place where you spawn and there's like a high potion, and a potion there. So I just kept at the dim. You just. Uh, fast travel there, and you walk like ten feet, and you get a potion, a high potion, and you can just like keep cycling through. So that's what I did. If I ever was short of a potion. Okay. So. Uh, that's about it. I guess there's some more stuff I already talked about, but that I wrote down. But um, essentially, I feel like the game is like it's made competently, but it's not fun to play unless you've like this is literally like your first foray into a game like this like maybe you can enjoy it a lot um it's just i'd call it like a like a meat shield the game when you fight stuff because it it takes fucking forever to kill even like basic enemies and you wait around for your actual strong damaging abilities to come back for too long so uh overall i'd give a gameplay a two out of five cool so whoever, whoever else wants to talk is free to actually have the room. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll go next uh, just to get it out of the way. Because I, I basically agree with you on most of uh, what you said. Um, side quests are super boring for the most part. There's a couple good ones like towards the end of the game where you know actual characters you care about have side quests. But too much of the beginning of the game is like, especially the very beginning of the game, all those side quests, those characters die. And then they get replaced by another person that's just like them. I'm like, what? Why even do that? Like, I don't understand. Um, and then even throughout the game, like, most of the side quests are, they kind of go nowhere. Like, you feel like you do, you're doing something, but you don't really see the results of it um, until you get to the, towards the end of the game. Um, they do build on each other, but it's, like, boring as shit. So, I don't know. I thought they could have done that better. Uh, the crafting crafting system is just bullshit like 
you find all these crafting materials throughout the world map and uh you never need them like all the crafting materials you do need are like from monster drops and even then i still had like hundreds of them left over that when you go to craft like your you can upgrade your sword and you upgrade your armor or whatever after each like story beat um the the ones you can find you don't really need because the only ones the ones the things you need to upgrade you can only find from certain monsters and they only appear like on certain quests so it's kind of pointless and then like when you do like these side quests and you get more of this random crap you don't need it's kind of frustrating like you don't get anything special from side quests <clears throat> you don't get like the only thing you really do get is like the the like the best sword in the game you get that from like some side quests um but most of the other ones are kind of worthless so uh okay i'm gonna interject here real quick yeah. sorry because yeah. you brought up something that i forgot about and that's like having a 1000 uh like pieces of stone or some bullshit in your inventory and you explore around a map and then you open a chest that you just spent like three minutes like looking for and it's 20 more of those fucking pieces of stone and exactly. i'm like dude yeah just the, don't even fucking put a chest here man yeah the loot in this game is both like not even worth finding like there's like one sword a couple like one or two swords you can find in the game that are like worth it but like you said it's like a plus five so it's not that much better you know like yeah the only reason i, I went exploring for stuff is because sometimes you get an accessory for yeah. uh, one of your abilities and i'm like uh, in hindsight it was a waste of my time anyway because i don't fucking equip that shit so yeah once i realized i don't equip that shit i stopped searching everything like when you when i first started the game i like searched the whole map for the different like treasure chests and stuff and you know the returns on investment are shit so i was like fuck that i don't care anymore it's there's not like a trophy like to get all the treasure chests which would have made this even more bullshit so i'm glad they didn't do that um but yeah the you know all the materials and treasures and all that stuff were bullshit so um i also feel like the gameplay story loop feels unbalanced like the interesting areas are dungeons so like the the major cities in this game are like on the rails dungeons and you don't really get to explore any cities all the towns in this game are just like small little hubs um and they're kind of like you can't really even talk to that many people in them so that's like an rpg element in most games and they kind of just i don't know it's it's kind of it's just not interesting it's boring so i definitely hated that um like we went over the battle system already pretty much it's super boring it's just hitting square waiting for your abilities to recharge and rinse repeat um there's not I mean, if you really wanted to take the time to learn all the moves and stuff, you could and get really good at it, but I feel like it wouldn't matter because you're still not doing that much damage. Um, or it's, that, it's so much time to waste on something that's not fun. So, um, yeah, I kind of went over the, the enemies not having weaknesses. Uh, most games have that. I just don't understand. I mean, like, every other Final Fantasy game ever has enemies with weaknesses and this one doesn't um and then companions are trash 
uh, like Nick was saying, uh, they either kill something or they stand around. Torgal sucks, unless you want to use one of your uh, accessory slots to make them better, which waste of time because you want to like use to me i want to get my experience up and then i want to use it for like my abilities that i actually do use or strength up once you get the genji gloves or whatever so um yeah uh that's basically it uh there's not much i really did like for gameplay i can't really think of anything oh uh Another awesome gameplay uh, part of this game, if you hold R2, you can open doors, and you can feel the trigger. It's amazing. So It's actually a loading screen, if you didn't know that. That's what they replace loading screens with these days. That makes a lot of sense as to why it pissed me the fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> I have to like walk up to an area and then be like, oh, you can't just walk through here. You have to hold R2 for fucking five seconds. Yeah, if you ever play an action game where they make you walk through a small tunnel, same concept. It's just a loading yeah. screen. Well, that makes sense. Well, uh, all right, that pissed me off a little bit less, but it's still frustrating. <laughs> I'd rather have a loading screen because then I understand what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Or like, oh, well. they make the make those things more fun, like kick down the door or something. I don't know. I don't know. Oh yeah, like ha tapping R R two like three times or whatever to kick it open would be like pretty sweet like vibrate the controller or something while you're doing it that'd be cool yeah but like yeah there's a lot of times where like you go to a door and it's just like oh big circle on screen says hold r2 like okay i guess there's a boss fight coming up maybe yeah it's usually before a boss fight or yeah you're transitioning screens or whatever yeah that makes sense but it was i was, I was like really you make me hold r2 just let me hit x and load the screen <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, and you you also brought this up too. Like boss fights are not intuitional. Like they like I feel like games that do this well, you know, you uh, you learn to fight. You know, whatever dungeon you're in, you're fighting their mobs, their monsters, and they all have a little bit of an aspect of the boss or some kind of like preform or pre move of the boss, and you kind of learn how to fight it. And, and then the boss has a bigger version of her, uh, more damage, for, for, you know, and you know how to fight the boss a little bit already. And this has none of that when you go to fight the actual bosses. Unless you already fought them before and there's three skins. So, um, so yeah, the gameplay uh, was not great for me. I'm, I mean, I feel like I'm the same as you, Nick. Two out of five. Um, I just wasn't excited to play this game uh, after a while. So, Kyle, what about you? Where are you at? All right, so I am on the, the lighter side of life on this one. Um, I didn't mind the battle system. I thought it was decent. Um, I don't have a ton of experience with, like, Souls games, but I used to play a lot of Smash. Like, I understand hitboxes and all that kind of stuff. This just isn't a Souls game. This isn't Elden Ring, and I think a lot of people want it to be Elden Ring, which kind of skews the balance the way you look at it. But this is really more of like an easy... I don't want to say like an easy Arkham or something like that, but it's clearly like an on-the-rails, not very complex action game that kind of wants to pretend it's an RPG still. Um, so that's, I guess, the weird part about it. I think that, you know, when I fought, I didn't have the same 
problems you guys had. Like, my system of abilities that I set up made it so I could use, like, three or four AoEs that would kill crash enemies in a hit. Maybe three hits total in the entire combat. I'd take, like, maybe 20 minutes to clear one of the entire maps outside of a town of every single enemy, like, 30 or 40 some enemies running around in between and I'd only fight for 20-30 seconds a pop and all my abilities would constantly refresh. So I guess I just played it a little differently on that end. I do agree with you with a lot of stuff. Um, not having elements in an RPG kind of sucked. I didn't really like that um, and you know it is what it is. Bosses had too much health. I feel like a lot of the cinematic overall fights were a little too strung out just to be cinematic, and I do understand that, but it isn't for an action game, that's for an RPG. And that's really it, is like, you needed to find what you wanted to be with this game, and I don't think it did that very well, so it kind of got in its own way. Um, I really think that the growth was pretty lackluster it did feel like playing an old devil may cry almost like hey i got 20 more health points and two attack and yeah i unlocked this ability but i didn't get a whole heck of a lot out of it uh the weapons were interchangeable the buy upgrade cycle did get a little old it was nice having the hunts um the you know the, the hunting um missions to find a lot of the items for the weapons that you upgraded so there were some side quests involved but it didn't really feel like a side quest because it was just a hunt board go and find item great um traversal is traversal fast travel and walking it is what it is um Chocobo wasn't horrendous for me, but I also didn't use it a lot. I just fast-traveled when I needed to, and, you know, I'm the kind of guy who, heckin' Star Ocean, um, oh, it was the second, or the third one, Sands of Time, right, where, or, um, tomorrow, whatever it is, where you have to get 100% of the whole map, like, those are the games for me. I like reversing the entirety of it, so that, that wasn't a huge problem. Uh, mini games really could have used one, something like, I don't know, chess-based, or like some sort of board game would have been kind of cool, um, even a card game, clearly Final Fantasy's like that a lot. Uh, shops were just placeholders, if you missed an item during a mission you could buy it later, that was pretty much it. And then finally for unique stuff, I really did like the active time lore, I thought that was awesome. I have written in my notes, best thing I've seen in the game all year, I'm going to change that, however, because I did play Spider-Man, and they have fast travel with no load screens, so that kind of beats that. Um, super cool, both ends. Uh, it is a Final Fantasy game, but it's not really an RPG, it's an action game. Leveling, stat boosting, elements, turns, are kind of scrapped for dodging combos and minimal magic usage. So it's kind of like, instead of where Final Fantasy Remake, they tried to make it an RPG with action elements. This is more of an action game with very minimal RPG elements. Either way, I had a fun time playing it. Um, thought some of the bigger fights were cool. Thought they were very cinematic. Um, I didn't really get a whole sense of feeling like, holy crap, I can wreck this game in 20 minutes, Souls 1 styles. But, you know, I had a good time once I figured out a good combo and got through it. So I went 3.5 out of 5, way higher than the other two. Yeah. Well, speaking of like, we say uh, like a board game or something, a mini games. Like, I, I didn't want to touch upon uh, this NPC until like story because she's more of a story person. But the girl that you talk to, who like came from the Crystal City or whatever, who like you have to go talk to her, and she's like, "This is the state of the world," and the 
the different factions doing things. Like Vivian Ninetales, that's her name. Yes. As soon as you said like a board game, I was like, oh shit, they could have had like you go to her and she can do like simulate like war battles or something, right? And like you can build up like mm -hmm. you can have like uh, pieces of units or whatever, and you can do like a little mini like war thing to simulate like how the two factions might fight or something. Like that'd be something cool because they they're going really fucking hardcore into this like Game of Thrones shit, which I guess well complained a lot in the fucking story section because apparently like Yoshi P made the whole team watch the whole series of Game of Thrones multiple times or whatever. Jesus. Oh. Like really? they took, they got the uh, like they got the vibe, but they didn't get the actual like what makes Game of Thrones like good kind of thing yeah. for the plot. So, uh, I guess that so that wraps up uh, gameplay. Unless anybody else wanted to say anything else about it. Uh, yeah, there's one more thing I forgot to mention. Uh, okay. One of those little things where you do like the time trials. Uh, what else? The Chronolith things. Chronolith, yeah. So there's Chronolith. Uh, for each, there's a chronolith for each of the icons, and there's like three rounds, and you got like two minutes, and you can get more time by comboing certain ways or hitting using certain skills. Um, and you have to do it to get the trophy for because you get like a an item for Clive's room if you do them all. So, <clears throat> but yeah, that's one thing we forgot to mention, which they're okay. I mean. You can once you do one, you can do like the ultimate version because you have like one of the you have like a uh, at your at your home base. There's like a little was it monolith? What they call it? Or yeah, sure. Whatever that little stone tablet thing is, maybe that's what it's called. Stone tablet. Oh. Anyways, uh, you can go through and replay them, and you can replay Arietta Stone. That's what it's called. Aretzi Stone, so you can replay re, uh, story missions. So if you forgot any treasure chests, you can go replay and get the treasure chests. There's an arcade mode where you can um, you can replay a stage and get a score based on it, and then you can redo those uh, Chronolith challenges. And there's like ultimate Chronolith challenge, and you can change your appearance on there as well, where everyone has like a, an alternate. Um, outfit you can have them put on. That's only if you got the patch because that was patched into the game. So uh -huh. if you don't play with the patch, there's no outfit changing. Oh, you also can't change the skin of your sword or whatever. Yeah, that too. So if you like a certain skin of your sword, because uh, those always those will change depending on what you have equipped, uh, you can do that as well. But uh, yeah, that should be it. Alrighty. So, that brings us to our first musical break. As has become tradition, it is the main theme of the game, uh, and we are giving it to Brent as his pick. Uh, R.I.P., buddy. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so enjoy that. We'll be right back.
story time. Uh, there's going to be a lot to say about this, so uh, what I will do is try to get through the... Like, I'll, I'll try to do a, a synopsis as best as I can. As everybody knows, I'm not very good at that. So if I start getting too detailed into a section, please stop me and I'll keep <laughs> going. And yeah. feel free to guys interject if uh, I miss something important or you have something you want to say. Uh, What's the safe word for that? You can say anything and I will shut <laughs> yeah. the fuck up. Yeah. Right. There's, there's, a lot, there's a lot going on. Obviously, there's two characters that are explaining the story, so we don't have to get into the, the too much of the details. I mean, it's it's a basic story when you boil it down. Yeah, I, I, could, I could probably put it in like two sentences, really. Uh, like, a guy who doesn't think he's special is actually special, and he saves the world. Like, uh, that's Boy, is that, is that how we do the new story section here? That's, uh, that's what I'm doing it now. <laughs> Everybody, I've, I've heard plenty of complaints that it goes on for a while. But that's only from Blaine, so I don't know if he's just giving me shit or not. Probably. But now, so uh, the way that this game starts off is uh, you are a like a, a slave soldier for a, a nation you don't know nothing about yet. And you're off on a mission to uh, destroy or kill, assassinate. One of the uh, icon people. There's a name for him. I can't remember what the fuck the name is, but uh, like it's a big dominance. Thing. Dominant. There you go. Thanks. Uh, you go to kill one of the dominants because the like your your our, your allies are uh, like on one side, and you're gonna go kill the enemies or whatever. And so when nations do battle, typically in this world, uh, it's centered around the icons or the dominants fighting. Uh, because they are like, it's essentially like having a nuke and you fire your nuke, except the nukes can uh, like fight in the air and not like, not blow themselves up, but they blow up everything else. Uh, so they're not very good for the environment. Either way, so your mission is uh, you and your squad are going to go assassinate the dominant of Shiva. And you kind of like work your way over there, and as you're getting there, you get like this uh, flashback into the past where you're a teenager, and this serves as like the prologue slash training uh, tutorial thing for the game. And uh, you, you find out your name's Clive, and you're like the firstborn prince of the. Uh, he's not a king, but like the Duke of uh, Rosaria, and. Uh, your little brother Joshua is the dominant of the Phoenix, or I guess they just call him the dominant fire. But uh, you got passed over for some reason because the way the icon is supposed to work, like in your your lineage or your bloodline or whatever, it's supposed to go to the firstborn son. Maybe maybe it's the firstborn child, but firstborn son of whoever is in the next in the bloodline. Um, but you got passed over for some reason, and your mom hates you. Well, you uh, but you because you're to... you got passed over because you're actually the other dominant fire. Oh, yeah, we're gonna get to that, but you know, spoilers. You know, you gotta well, you gotta work yourself no, up to that. You get passed <laughs> over because you have innate magic, so your slave status basically. That's like the whole point of the slaves in the game is that they have innate magic. Yeah, you're bearer, which is yep. we've, I guess since we're just throwing story beats out, right? Really Sorry. <laughs> That's all good. I just mean because like uh, Kevin was like, "Oh, actually, you're you're Efreet. And I was like, "All right, well, so much for pacing." So, 
bears and there's bears and non-bears and back in the good old days bears were at peace with everybody and they kind of were just like special people that did stuff with magic that uh you didn't really you didn't need crystals to do because normal people need pieces of uh, crystal shards to do magic and stuff uh but bears could do it and so instead of using a crystal as a catalyst they used their life energy or like their body to make magic and at some point they're like hey we can do these things, so it makes us special, so it makes us better than normal people. And we're going to be, like, a special group of people now. And uh, people, I guess, were, like, okay with that, but then they started, like, trying to, like, uh, dominate or something. They were trying to have, like, power and consolidate it with bearer people. And then there was, like, a big political thing, like, in a war, and... Uh, popular perception of bears changed. Like, I guess there was, like, some... Uh, it was like, I guess, like a, the hell's that thing at World War II? It's not like a Warsaw Pact or whatever, but like they lost. The better people lost. And as their punishment, they became slaves forever. So they can never like rise up again. Uh, and so, get, the current day, bears are slaves. I got a good analogy for it. It's like mutants for the X Men. Like how the humans hate the mutants in like all the X -Men okay. comics or the, in the movies and stuff like that. That's kind of how it is in this game. But yeah. to the degree where the humans won and enslaved the mutants. So that's kind of where we're at in the story of this one. Yeah. Okay. So essentially when somebody is born as a bearer, like they do some kind of test on them. And then if they are a bearer, uh, they just rip them away from their parents. And usually the parents are glad to get rid of them because you get some cutscenes. <clears throat> excuse me. Where like some ladies like, oh, uh, the child that came out of my body uh, was taken away by the whoever, and uh, like there's a she already has a child, and the child's like, oh, I thought I was getting a sibling, and they're like, no, we're we're trying again. The the thing that came out of me was a fucking monster. That's not your sibling. And the kid's like, okay, and like, and then the characters are like, oh, that's fucked up. And like, this is a little too on the nose, man. Like, all right, I doubt, I don't know. That any person would birth a child and be like, this thing is a monster. Unless they, I guess, had a bunch of deformities. But even then, I feel like the, the parental bond is stronger than that. And they'd still not want to give their child up. But I guess that's pretty hardcore conditioning for people in this world. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, like, anyway. If you read some of the, the backstory, there's like a huge war about it. That's That's why it is the way it is now. Yeah, I just said that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yep, so we're here with Clive training. Uh, Kyle said he got passed over for inheriting uh, Phoenix. And that's because he already had like some innate power. Uh, it, it's confirmed that it's because he's a bearer. I thought it was because he already was the icon for Ifrit because Ultima was doing Ultima shit. Yeah, but they, both they, they, are true. But yeah, the, the icon with Ifrit is more correct. They, okay. didn't, they didn't know he was a dominant. They thought he just thought he was a bear. That's what it was. Yeah, right. Exactly. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, yeah, so his mom hated him because everybody hates bears. And he was supposed to be the icon or the dominant guy, but he wasn't. So according to her, mommy, he's a piece of shit, but daddy still loves him. So that's cool. Uh, and right now, like, you, you're doing training because you're going to be, like, the, the first shield of joshua who's your brother who's a dominant of fire 
And the first shields, like I guess the equivalent would be a royal guard or something. Uh, and that's the much training you get. You're fighting with the the Lord Commander of the military, and you do training. And then uh, you find out your dad comes back, and you're all going on a mission to Phoenix Gate, which is like the big uh, ceremony site for the Dominant of Fire. Flash, shut up. Sorry, I don't know if you all heard the fucking cat meowing, but anyway. I was gonna let it pass. <laughs> uh, you go into the, the Phoenix Gate thing because uh, your sickly brother needs to, I guess, commune with the ancestors uh, and learn how to control the Phoenix or whatever the fuck. I can't remember like specifically why you have to go to Phoenix Gate, but you have to get the blessing of the Phoenix to start this war or something you're about to do. Yes. Oh yeah, because you're going to go attack because. So there's five crystals. I think there used to be six, but uh, there's five crystals. Uh, and Rosaria used to have control over one of them that's in the ocean. But then, like, the equivalent of, for Game of Thrones, the Ironborn, or the whatever the fuck they're called, like, seafaring rogues that uh, live on islands, somehow uh, ousted Rosaria from the island that had the crystal, and they took it over. So there's a new mission now to go reclaim the crystal because... There is a blight coming across the continent. Um, the, is it a blight? What do they call it? They call it something. It's equivalent, equivalent to a blight, which is like it, some sweeping darkness that comes over and saps the life literally out of every living creature, or I guess plants, the, the earth, the plants, and the, uh, the ground, whatever. And I guess all the living creatures leave. Um, so that's that's creating like a refugee problem for a lot of places because all these people that were previously able to like subsist on the land or can't do that anymore so they gotta leave and then monsters also can't exist where they're at so they gotta move to a new area so there's like mass migration happening uh, lots of like turmoil with that so yep. everybody thinks that the mother crystals which are the big crystals will protect them from the blight when actually, spoilers, the Mother Crystals are what's taking all the fucking energy, life, whatever, from the land and creating the Blight in the first place. So, uh, there's a mission to go reclaim the crystal, uh, but when you get to Phoenix Gate, something goes wrong, and your group is attacked by uh, these enemy combatants that sneak into the castle, or fort, whatever it is, and they start slaughtering everybody. And uh, you fight your way out, uh, but uh, like as Joshua and the Duke are trying to escape, they get uh, betrayed by some people the, who they thought were on their side. Uh, Dad gets get, killed. You get like no kind of tells. Like they're all no-name characters, which is annoying. Yeah, there's like. Because, like, people sneak in somehow, and you're like, all right, cool. And then, uh, like, the Lord Commander dude has his knights, and they're like, actually, we're not on your side. We're going to kill you now. It's like, okay. But they don't. Uh, really so they kill they the Duke. They explain why, though. Like, what? Like, why? Well, they explain afterwards, because it's the queen that did it, or the his wife. I know, but she did it, but why they, they agreed to do it with her? Like, why? You know what I mean? Like, there's no... Maybe they're super racist, too. Well, uh -oh. <laughs> Maybe they got paid. Uh, like, I don't know. 
There's, I'm sure there's some kind of reason that they could just pull out their ass if they really wanted to. But yeah, there's no there's no motivations that get sprung up before this happens. It's just like a thing. Like it's you're led to believe that it's an enemy country that's somehow infiltrated the military here, I guess. But then shortly after, like the the wife shows up and she's with the enemy people and she uh well the first Duke dies. Joshua gets pissed off or whatever. He turns into the Phoenix and starts like killing people. Um, during this time, uh, Clive is like chasing some guy or he sees some dude in a hood and he's like, who are you? Uh, and he, he starts to doing dominant fire shit too. Um, and then Ifrit shows up and he fights and kills presumably uh, Phoenix. So Clive thinks his brother's dead. He's under like there's the cutscenes happen. He's under some rubble from like the fight. A bunch of people get fucking murdered by Ifrit because he like fire bombs the whole fucking place. Uh, Mom shows up. She hates Clive and's like, "All right, uh, people are like, can I kill him?" She's like, "No, I got a worse thing for him. Make him a slave in the fucking uh, empire or whatever." So. That's how you learn how you became a slave soldier. So back to the present time, uh, you and your squad are going to go assassinate Shiva. You get there, and you recognize her after you fight her, and she is your childhood... Uh, There's a, a, a specific name, I think it's a ward. Uh, so previously, or background stuff, your dad, <laughs> the Duke, had a war in the north. Uh, over a crystal that I guess is not there anymore because there's a like a northern cult, like a northern country that got taken over by the blight, and I think they attacked Rosaria to try to survive or something. And Rosaria won, and as like punishment or whatever, they took their the the royal's daughter, so she's technically a princess or whatever, and they kept her as a ward as like ha so essentially a hostage. Well, I think so that the, I think the the reason is that uh, she's supposed to marry Clive, and that like brings both races together, so they can't really attack because they have her. So I guess it's kind of like a hostage, but kind of also like bringing both countries together type of thing too. I don't know if that was implied anywhere though that they were supposed to get married because the the mom was like, "I'm going to marry this bitch off to whatever and use her as political fodder," which is how stuff happened like worked back then in the medieval times. So I don't think there was ever a plan to have her jail Mary Clive. Uh, I thought that... she was just another a kid there that was going to be uh, married off because the mom is a bitch and she uh, and jail's nothing to her, right? It's just a political tool to get her more power. So the plan would be to marry Jill off to some royal somewhere else, so they so they can have an alliance because there's no fucking way that they would let something. Uh, valuable like a princess marry Clive. Clive's worthless trash because he's a bearer. If anything, she'd marry Joshua. Pro the mom. But Jill is in love with Clive, which we get to later. And I don't know I don't know if Clive is in love with Jill at this point or if he's just like some dude, like a, a teenager who is all obsessed with war or whatever. But I think he cares for their like kids. his sister at that point. Like, they're more like brother-sister, I think. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, yep, so you fight this Shivit chick who you find out is Jill, who you, like childhood friend or whatever. And so instead of killing her, uh, you turn on your squad, who I think half of them are dead by this point, uh, and you fight your squad leader. And he's like, oh, I gave you your name, blah, 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 you're nothing without me. And Clive's like, whatever, dude, you, you kill him. <laughs> and then you get attacked by uh, all of the, like, the army that Shiva or Jill, I guess, was aligned with. But then Sid shows up, and he kills, or, or like, he takes a bunch of people out or whatever. I can't remember if he kills everybody or he just, like, lightnings a couple dudes and, it, like, lets you escape. But you escape with Sid and Jill. And you go to Sid's hideout, and you're now a wanted, like, outlaw or whatever, because you're uh, a deserter from the Imperial Army, and uh, you're a bearer, and all the bearers have these brands on their face, so you're easily identified if you go out somewhere. Uh, but it's been... Can I have a little... Was it? I think it's... What's that? I just want to put a little side note that they f figure out a way to remove the the mark, but then it's just a scar of the same mark. So it's like, I thought I think it's I thought it was hilarious how people were like, "Oh, you're not a bear, you're not, oh, you're a bear," like when they just they didn't. People are so dumb, like they don't realize that the scar was the mark before. Well, the tattoo is put in with like wyvern poison or some bullshit, like some toxin that if you fuck up removing the tattoo, it kills you instantly or something, and it's a very yeah. excruciating death. So, in the context of the world, the likelihood of somebody having removed a tattoo <coughs> like that would be unthinkable. It'd be like going from a, a pauper to like a prince. Like, that shit never happens in, the, in, those, in that world. So, there would be no reason for anybody to think that a, a facial scar, especially when there's like war happening all the time and it's not just a, a scar from a fight and it's like uh i think the the healer chick was even like yeah this took us many many attempts to actually get it right in and it's still like a very low success rate or something to remove the the tattoo because they, i guess they ask everybody if they want to do it first and because they're risking their life yeah yeah, I know that was a chance or whatever. But it, but then there's like a lot of them that have that scar, and it's almost like, uh... well, that's like a confirmation bias, right? So like the people you see that have the scar removed are all people in your camp, and yeah. when they get sent out on missions, they're all like in groups of a couple people going to towns or whatever. So it's never like a big group of people, and they're not necessarily. So everybody that doesn't know who they are, they're just random dudes. They could be mercenaries, they could be soldiers or whatever, and it's it's is it is it. A... It's an odd coincidence they all have the same scar on the same side of their face, where a bearer mark would be. But like some dude that can't read or write, who's just farms, is not gonna look at them and be like, "They had their bearer tattoos removed." They'd be like, "Oh, some dudes showing up that have co coincidentally have scars on the side of their face in the same spot." Yeah, I guess. Um. All right, so you get saved by Clive. Or you get saved by Sid, rather. And you move to Sid's hideout. And he kind of introduces himself. Uh, like, I guess Clive goes with him because he has no choice right now. But, uh, and it's also been like, uh, like what, 10, 15 years? 15. And it's been 15? Okay. Uh, and now that you are no longer part of the 
army, suddenly your only goal in life is to avenge your brother. Not any time during the past 15 years where you're like, I'm going to go out and avenge my brother. It's just today when you meet Jill and you get saved by Sid, which is whatever. <laughs> but it's just kind of, I guess like he's been, all he talks about for this whole section is I fucking hate whoever killed my brother. I fucking hate whoever killed my brother. I'm going to go kill that piece of shit motherfucker. And that's the only thing I live for. Whatever. And like it, he kind of like reflects on like he's been doing this thing being like a slave soldier waiting for his chance to escape kind of thing which i guess they have to mention for the plot because like otherwise he would have just fucking left whenever but uh it still feels kind of weird to me that that suddenly like conveniently right now it's the perfect opportunity to do that and the sid guy is like yeah i'll, I'll come with you to do this guy i don't know uh but essentially you work with sid now to go find the guy that killed your brother and you do a bunch of shit like uh like you try to follow some clues so you like you hear rumors that there was a dominant fire spotted in some town uh that's built in the remnants of a old world airship and they bring up airships a lot in this game and i thought you'd get a fucking airship but kevin mentioned you don't so i don't know what they do with a fucking airship in this game but you know well maybe not sacrifice everybody on your way to the final battle yeah, well, but, uh, Mid does develop an airship, but then she's like, "Oh, people will take advantage of it," and she's like, "We'll bury it and hide the way to to build it in all these different places." You're like, "What? <laughs> okay, I guess." Yeah, it's a uh, well. The reasoning is like she likes building shit, but doesn't want to be responsible for war. And I'm like, "You're already responsible for war and death." <clears throat> With your inventions. Too late. You already made it. Uh, yeah, like, whatever. <laughs> but, uh... Mid is another character that gets introduced in the second half of the game. And she's Sid's daughter. So she replaces Sid, I guess, technically. In the, like, position in the plot, kind of, or whatever. Because Sid's, like, a uh, engineer, but he's also the leader of this group of resistance fighters, or whatever. And he's a dominant vote. What? Dominant Ramu. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but you work with him to go find uh, the guy that killed Joshua. And I guess Sid wants to work with you because he recognizes that you are touched like uh, by the Phoenix. Then he's like, he'd be a great asset to my cause. So that's why he, he, like, he joins you for that shit. And uh, at some point, Jill gets better because she was fucked up from the fight. But she also joins you in going to find Joshua's uh, killer. And you make your way back up to Phoenix Gate. And you go inside to take the trials of the Phoenix or whatever. Um, and you work your way through. And you find this big old... Uh, they call it a tapestry, I think, or something. But it's not. It's like more of a like a painting on the wall. Like There's a specific name for it. I can't remember. But it shows like this creature that's in the sky and it looks like kind of demonic or something and then there's like bits and pieces of other stuff in the that are on the image but they're ruined by like decay over time so you can't really see what it is and uh oh before that uh like on your way to like find you hear rumors of the fire of dominant or dominant fire and you fight uh you, you run into benedicta who is a dominant of garuda or the Dominant of Wind. And you get some background on her that she was, I guess, 
uh, working under Sid, who was the Lord Commander for the Imperial Army before, and the, or not the Imperial Army, but uh, Barnabas's, Barnabas's Army, whatever the fuck they're called. I guess like the free, the free people, independent people, something. They have a specific name, their group or whatever, but their kingdom uh it was the barnabas was recruiting i guess all the the dominants or as many as he could get so he himself was the dominant of odin he had uh sid who was a dominant of ramu as his lord commander and then sid recruited uh benedicta who was a dominant of garuda um so they had three people in their cause but Sid figured out that Barnabas was like a piece of shit or something, and he's like, crazy, uh, fuck this, I'm out. I'm gonna go make the world a better place. So he left. Uh, and Benedicta's still working with Barnabas, and now she's like his fuck buddy, I guess. Because he doesn't actually care about people or something. Um, anyway, so she's in love with him or whatever the fuck, but also fucking the dominant of titan uh can't remember his actual name right now uh, but he's also like an npc you saw at the very beginning of the game because he was fighting shiva and uh so you, you run into her because she apparently like kidnapped a bunch of bears and he's gonna like enslave them or whatever and the dominant of fire is supposed to be with them so you chase her down and you fight her and you kick her ass and she goes crazy because uh I guess she's got, like, conflicted emotions behind Sid still, and then, like, her new position, and then, like, the Titan guy. And anyway, you kick her ass, and you steal also a part of Garuda from her. And that just, uh, like, that kind of locks away Garuda from her for a short while until she leaves and gets, like, almost raped. That pit, that that trauma awakens Garuda inside of her again, and she goes batshit insane and turns into Garuda and starts like destroying shit. Um, and what I what I was reading uh, through some of the stuff in in this game is that once Clive takes your power, that um, if if you use it again, you don't have control over the the icon anymore. It's like the icon, like you said, is goes crazy basically. So that's what happens in for all the ones that Clive takes. Okay. Except for, I guess you can fight through it, like when Bahamut helps you at the end of the game. So, I guess maybe not so. I don't know. The game contradicts itself, I guess. Yeah. Well, like, because you can give it up willingly or whatever, or you could not, I guess. Like, Clive could just choose to take it or something. Yeah, but I don't know what the difference is because like uh, Sid and Jill both give it up willingly, and then they don't have like a negative repercussion from it. But then everybody else is just like, "Oh my God, you stole my icon!" And then like you even take it from uh, Homeboy Titan Bahamut. Well, Bahamut, he's like passed out, right? Right, Dion. He's like he's unconscious when you take it or something, and uh, then he like wakes up eventually. He's like just cool with it, so. I think when you talk to him, they're like, oh, yeah, you have to have, like, a sense of purpose or something to, like... Some bullshit. Guide, <laughs> yeah, like, gu like focus your intentions on what you're trying to do, and you can have control still or something. So that's how he is able to control Bahamut, because he's like, I have nothing to live for. This is my last act uh, to save the world, whatever. And so he's got, like, real 
good like intentions for that. So when he uh, transforms, I guess it allows him to keep his control. AKA plot armor. Got it. Yeah. Uh, Needed it for the plot. Instead of just pretty much. Instead of just uh, an airship, we're just gonna cut to the chase and just have Bahamut fly you there. Right. Which I'll get into that later. But it's like, why didn't they just fucking turn into Ifrit Phoenix form and then just go? Because like that can fly. Like well, they whatever. Wanted save their, they wanted to save their energy. Is what they said. Remember? Because I guess Phoenix didn't. I guess, but like, there's it's like a weird disconnect between gameplay and then like plot. Because when they transform, they have an almost infinite energy, and then like sometimes they untransform, and then they immediately transform back like the next yeah five seconds, and I'm like, there's no like consistency of it. Consistency, right? Yeah. And uh, whatever. So uh, anyway, back to this thing. You chase uh, you chase the fucking phantom image of. The dominant fire guy again, and he leads you into Garuda's uh, health, like wind tornado hellscape thing she's made because she's destroying shit. And uh, you fight her and you kill her for real. Um, and then I guess in the uh, off screen, somebody finds her body and cuts her head off and sends it to his name's not Hector, is it? It's H something, right? Hugo, right? Hugo. Hugo, there we go. Okay. That was close, that was close. <laughs> yeah, which, who do you think really did that? Do you think it was Sid? I think it was Slipnir. Oh, you're right. It was Odin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because Slipnir is that crazy. I, I feel like he'd do something like that, no problem. But, uh... Yep. yep, so that's that's the thing that happens off screen, kind of like the, the whole decapitation thing or whatever. Like, you get a scene with Hugo and he gets a box. Yeah. And then later What's on, the they'd say, oh, <laughs> like, I can't believe you desecrated her body like that or whatever. So I'm like, I'm like oh, okay, so it's her head. I guess that's the thing they do in Game of Thrones. People's head is in the boxes. All right, I got it. Um, but yeah, so after you kill Garuda, essentially, then you decide to go with Jill up to Phoenix Gate to find like find clues about what happened and like who who the other dominant fire is or whatever uh and then you get to the bottom of the phoenix gate thing and you have this like mirror match zelda style with yourself uh and you come to accept that it was you because you're actually the dominant of the other dominant fire ifrit who killed joshua and you become i guess you accept that but you don't have control over ifrit yet still so uh, you kind of just leave and go on from there. And then I think uh, Hugo starts fucking shit up with like Rosaria at this point, And you have to go stop him from like just destroying things. Because I think he like he's taunting you, but he takes over your hometown. Uh, and you're like, all right, well, it's obviously a trap, but I'm going to go there anyway. Well, that's well, remember you're. Oh, wait, that's later. That's yeah. right. You go to stop. You go to San Bria or whatever with Sid, yeah, right? Rick. And uh, Sid dies, and you take over. Yeah. Sid. So, uh, yeah. So you you get Ifrit under control, or kind of, or whatever, and then Sid's like, okay, so now you're gonna join my group, right? And you're like, I guess so. There's nothing better to do with my life. Uh, and you work your way up to the first Mother Crystal because his plan is to destroy all the Mother Crystals because he's figured out or something. He I guess he assumes that the Mother Crystals are bad in some way. I don't know if they figured out exactly that the Mother Crystals are. The, what are sapping the life from the land? He's making like an educated guess because yeah, the 
everything else like it's got to be the most logical conclusion because the the way the the blight is going through nothing's stopping it and i think also he like okay crystals give you magic bears have magic and when they use magic they die from yeah. that so maybe crystals bad right so like yeah kind of thing it, yeah if, if you overuse your magic you're basically turn into like dust like your body starts turning white like no pigment and if you use it too much that's when the the bears die and people just use them like objects in this in this world mm-hmm. uh yep so you decide to help them out so you jill and sid go destroy the first mother crystal uh which is at the empire's capital uh no fuck that's not the one is it the one yeah the empire's capital send Brett. right yeah cause, uh, my brain was like you go there twice i think because you fight bahamut there later or something no that's no, the they, other crystal they, city they never move, mind they all right move their capital to the twins right like that yeah okay yep so you go there you destroy the first mother crystal but like as you're trying to do that uh this like portal opens or something in this demon thing starts coming through and uh sid turns into ramu and tries to fight it off and then clive gets like either teleported in there or like mentally moved in there or something and you fight this giant titan thing it's not like titan but it's like a giant titanic it's typhon guy uh i think typhon in the other final fantasies is like a, a similar to ultra's thing right it's like it's wind. a water creature yeah. thing but yeah. In this this game, it's not. Uh, some giant forearmed dude. I think he has forearms, and so you fight him. It's just, a form of it's just another form of Ultima, is what I think it is. Like, cause Ultima is like it's like one of the. I feel like it's one of like the other Ultimas, cause remember it's like all those other people are like in comas or something at the end of the game. Yeah, and I think that's. And they all, but they all look exactly the fucking same. So that's, that's where I was confused I, okay. for the longest time. Was like, wait. Uh, Joshua sucked Ultima into him. So how is there's another Ultima, which they don't really, right. they don't really don't explain. It's like, oh, it's not. They're all the same. They're not the same person. It's like this is a different Ultima, which is like yeah. confusing. But they look the same and they talk the same and they have the same plan. So it's like, are they different? Are they clones? What the fuck? And apparently that's not even not the the real form because the real form is Ifrit. So. And they all look the same, like Ifrit form or something. And it's like, okay, I don't know. I don't know there, what's happening. There are clones. There's like that's just like the way their people look like when they're depowered or something. And like when you destroyed that mother crystal, it woke that guy up. I guess. Okay. <laughs> I'm stupid. <laughs> I'll take your I'll take your word for it, man. I that's, that's I, the way I understand. I did, it, honestly, but. like I know that there's like a section of the game where you can like go in and go like deep into the lore or like or whatever and like read a bunch of shit. But I, I opened that once, and I said, you know what? I don't care. I do not care that much. Yeah, I read so through a I, bunch of it. I did not read any of that shit, because, like, it, it was constantly updating, and I figured at the end of the game, I'd I'd still have, like, the, the drive to open it up and, like, learn. But at the end of the game, I my drive was to stop playing the game as, as fast as possible. So that didn't really pan out. But, uh, yep, you, so you fight this Typhon thing. And then you defeat it, and I guess it, it maybe powers up a freight some more or something. I can't remember, but whatever. Uh, and then Ultima shows up and kills Sid, I think, or Typhon does it. He, Sid gets hurt somehow. I think it's Ultima. And then Ultima like approaches Clive, and he's like, "Oh, my vessel, I'm gonna take you over now or whatever." 
uh, some big attack happens and everybody like passes the fuck out or something, and then Joshua shows up out of nowhere because he's been hiding in the shadows and like protects everybody with his phoenix powers, and then also absorbs this Ultima into his body, like he he, he tra like puts him in some kind of cage thing and it absorbs him, and this causes him massive physical trauma throughout the rest of the game, like. Yeah, which really doesn't amount to anything because he just no, like he just wasted his time doing this he shit. Just, he just coughs up blood for uh, aesthetic purposes, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yep. So you you do this thing. Sid dies, but you also he gives away his Ramu powers to Clive before he dies. So now you've got three icon powers, uh, and you move on uh, back to your home base. I think there's another time skip here. Yeah, five years, and you, and you become mm -hmm. the new Sid. Which I was like, that's weird. Like, Sid wasn't a nickname; it was the dude's name. But since but it's okay. like olden times, no one knows what he really looks like. He just took... yeah. I get that. I understand that, but it's just like it's kind of confusing because like half the people call you Sid, and then half the people know who you are. They, they call you Clive, and you're just like, did you really? Do we really have to do this? Right. Like, because it's like it's so weird because they try to marry so much of like the plot like the political stuff into the game but as the player it's meaningless like so it for me it would not have changed the game at all if everybody just called him clive right. like i understand he's supposed to be like the leader and everybody like all the all his all sid's like contacts in, out in the world knew him as sid and like you said maybe they didn't actually meet him but then everybody you fucking meet who met Sid before, it's like, oh, you're the new Sid. So they obviously fucking met him before. Just call him fucking Clive. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, because they become the new Sid. When you're about to, like, pass the torch to, um, what's the blonde guy's name? Gav. Gav, he's like, I'm gonna change my name to something else. You're like, yeah, that's what most people would do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Oh, I guess speaking of Gav, he was here before. He's like some scout dude that works for Sid, and he becomes like your right hand man, uh, doing stuff. Uh, and he's just a normal dude, like no bearer, no dominant, whatever. So, I guess he's there to show that normal people are strong too. Yeah, and after, in this world. after this part is when your original hideout gets jacked up, and he almost dies. He loses his eyeball. Yep. And he doesn't uh, wear a patch. Where like. Most people would have put a patch over his like sewed up eyeball, but nope, not not Gav. Straight. So I mean, it's whatever to me. <laughs> I was like, dude, put oh, a... yeah, that, that wasn't offensive or nothing. So just put a patch over, please. I don't want to see that. Look, that's overplayed. Everybody, he's not a pirate. He's a or maybe a warrior, a like, curse breaker, or whatever, or something. Man, like I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh... To me, it wasn't a big deal, so I guess teach their own. I don't know. It just bothered me after a while. Uh, all right. So another time skip, and now you're the leader of the Curse Breakers. I guess you don't really get like they're like you ever presented their name, but I guess they're called the Curse Breakers because that's what the soldier dudes are called. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's Hugo is on a rampage because he's still pissed off about Benedicta, and he figures out that. You're the new Sid somehow. Um, and he's like, all right, I'm going to take over Rosaria because that'll draw you out so I can kill you. Or actually, no, he doesn't know you're the new Sid. All he knows is Sid killed Benedicta or something. 
Uh, so he takes up Rosaria, and you go there, and you get into an altercation. And you're like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm the one that did that to Penitenta," but you don't know that he's talking about her being decapitated. I guess. Uh, you just know that you so he's. Her. What's that? You just know that you killed her. That's probably like... right. And he's so pissed off because her body was desecrated. So you're like, "There's a." You both talk about the same thing, I guess, but not in the same degrees. So that really. That really pisses him off, so you fight him and you kick his ass. But he gets saved by Slipnir, who you don't know is Slipnir yet. He's just some dude you've seen in some cutscenes. Uh, and so then you're like, all right, well, we're going to take the battle to him, and we'll also destroy the Mother, mother Crystal while we're at it. So you take your posse and you go down to Titan's Fang or whatever the fuck it's called, uh, or Dragon's, Drake's Fang, uh, whatever the hell. They have, all the crystals are named Drake something, but you go to the Drake, whatever, because it's fine. I don't fucking know. You get there, uh, you fight Titan. I think you break... No, he absorbs the crystal's energy and gets, like, on steroids or whatever during the fight. Uh, also, I guess sometime during this, like, you meet your uncle who thought you were dead, and he comes along with you for some shit. He's really irrelevant. All he does is... He's got a lot of money, and whenever you need money for plot purposes, he's like, all right, I'll fund you guys. And then he runs off and does shit. Uh, so that's the thing. Um, and then you, yeah, we go fight Titan. Yeah, I think uh, it's a comic relief because like he's supposed to try to like he tries to be funny, but he's more annoying. Like when he's like eating food behind the bar when you're fighting all those dudes. Well, he's got like dad, I guess dad energy, right? Like, yeah. haha, go off, son, do this thing, and I'll watch or whatever. And I guess they they play it. They try to play it off. Like, yeah. Gav was more comic relief to me. And like, whatever he did stuff, because he was a klutzy or whatever, but it's still kind of, all that stuff missed the mark for me. Well, they missed the mark, too, where when they introduce him, it's like, how do I know you're really my nephew? And they do this they do this thing where Clive and him went to this play, but they never reference it before this at all. And, like, Clive does this, like, awkward move, and it's part of the play, and you're like, what the fuck's going on? And then it's like, that's what they do for a lot of the like story in the game like they just like cut over a bunch of it so you don't really get to know the depth of these characters it's just all surface level shit i think i mentioned it pre-show it's like they have the entire like there's an entire plot that you don't get and then like you're just you're giving characters that have lived their lives already so you don't have a chance to like warm up to too many like to any of them because the stuff that's interesting already happened and you're kind of just here Right, like seeing the results of it. Like they do this whole time skip, and you have a new base. Like, how did that happen? Like you, you brought them to this new base, but uh, I mean, I feel like that would have been a fun part to figure out. Like now we gotta find a new place to live, type thing, and how yeah. everyone survive and all that other stuff. It's just cuts. Well, also, like in the same vein, Titan Hugo found the first base, and then conveniently, you guys are still in the same area for the second base. Like, wouldn't he already just fucking go there and blow you guys up again? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, so you go, you fight Titan. He, you beat him for the first time, and then he like gets hopped up on crystal energy and goes ape shit. And then you beat him again, and you destroy the crystal in the process. Uh, you take his Titan powers, and then you go back to home base. And then Jill's like, "All right, I want to go back to." The place that they was kept as a slave and get some peace from that shit. So that's the next mother crystal we're gonna go break. So you go there, 
with her and there's some random NPCs again that have meaning to Jill. Like she knows them. She had history with them and you just have like five lines of dialogue with them and then they go off and do other shit. You never see them again. Uh, but she, you go to like this volcano thing and she turns into Shiva and, and does Shiva stuff to hold back lava while you fight the big bad there and you destroy the mother crystal there. Uh, and then like in, in the world of the lore, like the, the current like political landscape thing, like there's been like the empires taken over like this other neutral town, which I guess you said is the twins. It's like some crystal eminence place or some bullshit. Because you destroyed their mother crystal, so they wanted this mother crystal, and then so but, their but that town doesn't have a dominant to protect them, so Sambrek just destroyed them, I guess. Yeah, because they got Bahamut, and so that's also Dion. So Dion is the dominant of Bahamut, and you kind of get cutscenes with him. And I think I can't remember if Joshua's talked to him at this point yet or whatever, but. Uh, like Joshua's been going around behind the scenes, like trying to meet up with a bunch of dominants, I guess, or some shit. And I guess maybe, maybe just specifically Dion, and try to explain to him that his dad's been taken over by Ultima somehow, and his mom, uh, Joshua's mom, is now married to Dion's dad, who had Dion is a bastard child with a prostitute or something, and so Joshua's mom thinks he's also a piece of shit even though he's a dominant because he doesn't have a noble birth bloodline or whatever and so she had a baby with the emperor who is m maybe just an ultima clone thing or something <laughs> uh but anyway i can't remember when exactly this happens but at some point the emperor gets convinced to make the new baby the new kid who's like 12 years old or some shit the actual emperor instead of Dion. So Dion gets pissed off at that shit. Uh, and like, does a like a coup, or tries to do a coup inside the, this capital and tries to kill the kid but the emperor jumps in the way and so Dion accidentally kills his dad and that, he loves his dad even though his dad's an asshole and he goes crazy and he starts destroying the town and so, Conveniently, that's the next location for Clive and the group to go in and destroy the next Mother Crystal. So as you guys are making your way up there, this thing is happening with Dion. Uh, and you, you get there, and you fight off Bahamut, and you destroy the Mother Crystal. And in the process, you also meet your mom, who's fucking batshit insane. And uh, like the whole time leading up to this, you're like, all right, she's going to get her comeuppance. Like, the characters are going to have like some kind of resolution. But she sees Clive alive, and then also sees Joshua alive, and she, I guess her brain fucking snaps, and she goes crazy. She's like, oh, get away from me, ghosts and shit or something. Sets her own throat, because also her other kid's dead at this point, and then gets her body gets crushed by rubble. And everybody's just kind of like, all right, whatever, and they just leave. <laughs> it's like, uh, I guess you guys were close to your mom or whatever, but like, still your mom just killed herself in front of you. And like, you don't, like, nobody talks about it ever after this point so there's no like hey remember when our mom just slit her throat in front of us yeah like let's come to terms with that they're just like all right no we're moving on to the next crystal okay dude. i guess that's the way it is um so 
from this point on till you get to the last crystal like there's a lot of like just random fluff bullshit things happening like uh mid heads come along at some point and she like he goes back and forth between the university or whatever she's learning at but she's also like the smartest engineer in the world uh so she doesn't actually need to go to the university or some bullshit but she just does it anyway because that's what her dad wanted um so she's like making all kinds of shit and they the only way to get to Barnabas's side of the continent is by ocean or something, so they have to build a fast boat uh, to be able to like do something special. I can't remember why, and uh, so her idea is to, like put jets essentially on the boat, um, and then like you you somehow encounter Barnabas and you get into a fight. I think because uh, oh the the place that she the town that she's at that has a university gets attacked. So you have to go there to save her while she's trying to build the boat. Uh, she ends up building the boat successfully. You get on the boat and you go into the open seas, but then you get attacked by Barnabas's ship, and I think uh, he kidnaps Jill or something. And then you go back to home base to plan instead of just going to fucking save Jill or whatever. But you make a plan, and that the plan is to go back on the boat and go attack their boat before it can get back to their country. And you're able to do that in time because your boat is so fast because it's got the jets that it can overpower the winds and the currents of the ocean and you can catch up to the other boat that has Jill on it. So you catch up, you fight Barnabas, or Joshua fights Barnabas for you while you go onto the boat and save Jill. And then as you save Jill, Joshua gets his ass kicked. The Barnabas guy teleports you to the bottom of the seafloor, which he has conveniently split open with his sword powers. And it's keeping the water from coming back in for a while. Uh, you fight Barnabas, you get your ass kicked in the storyline battle, and then you and Jill uh, escape to the continent because you're conveniently close enough with her ice powers that you she can freeze the water as you're going. That's also closing in behind you. Uh, anyway, you get out. <laughs> you get to this new continent thing. You're on a beach. Uh, Jill and Clive are wet from the water thing, so they take their clothes off and they have like a romantic moment together. Uh, and then Jill gives her Shiva powers over to Clive, and I think they kiss here. Uh, and I guess that I don't. I guess they confess their love for each other or something. Or whatever. Like nothing really happens from this point because Jill like is now Shiva-less, and so she feels like she can't fight or something. But then like you get her back in your party later, and she can still use her ice shit. Whatever. Uh, you go back to your home. You get saved by your ship. You go back to your home base, and everybody's like, "Oh man, how do we get back to that continent to go destroy the crystal?" And they're like, "Oh well, you were on a beach already. Let's just go back to that beach." So you go back to the beach with Jill and Joshua. You fight across this continent. Like shit happens. Like with Gav, you save some and like a random pregnant lady who avoided being sacrificed to. Ultima, because of the baby, like there was a bear and it took some of the burden of the brainwashing shit or whatever off of her. And there's like a whole like plotline thing about this that goes nowhere. Uh, Gav's a dad. It, it, that that is super fucking weird <laughs> because he's like he falls in love with this lady or something or like the idea of a, the baby and this lady just lost her husband. Because he went off and got himself killed or whatever, and it's probably mourning and grieving. Gee, well, he has a baby coming, and Gav's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a fucking daddy. And I'm like, have you talked to this lady about this? 
Yeah. The fuck? He is not. Uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, yep. So this thing is happening. I don't. I think Jill's not with you at this point. So it's just you and Joshua. Uh, and then Joshua hangs out at the town. Or no, he he goes off to like explore some ruins or something. Uh, and then Clive goes off and he finds out where Barnabas is because Barnabas shows up and he's he blocks the way to the castle and he's like, you have to come do some trial or whatever for me at this other place. So you go there, you defeat him, you take his uh, Odin icon, uh, and then you fight your way up to the castle for the last mother crystal. Um, and like on the way, like I guess there's like optional shit you can kind of see like how his country is like just fucking destroyed because he's essentially sacrificed everybody to become the abomination aether touch dudes or whatever which i guess never mentioned before but there'll be like aether floods and if a living creature is in an aether flood it's like a just a, a good condensed amount of aether i guess uh you're in there too long you turn into a, an aether touch thing or whatever which is like a zombie essentially a magic zombie it's an akashic akashic there you go uh and the bears can resist it somewhat because they have like innate magic in them and then dominance are immune to an extent i guess um and then you can i guess willingly turn yourself into an akashic but if you're a dominant you could retain all of your sense of self or whatever because if, as you beat barnabas you find out actually that he was akashic this whole time that's why he never aged or whatever and he's been serving Ultima for many, many decades or something. Uh, his Ultima like was turning into his mom, and he was crying on his lap for some reason. Some he's some mom drama thing. Also, not really important, but he you know find out he's not actually from the continent. He's from another continent, and he's somehow got over here via ship many many years ago and became like he was a great swordsman so he became ruler of this country because that's how they do rulers like the best swordsman the ruler is the ruler or whatever so he became ruler of the country and i guess was good at first and then became tainted by ultima and then fucked everybody up but uh anyway you go back you go to the muster crystal you uh fight fight something there i think ultima something i can't remember exactly uh and like as you're getting there, you get saved a little bit by Dion and Jill, who show up with the ship, uh, because Gav brought the pregnant lady back to the ship and told everybody that you probably would need help at the castle. So instead of just sailing immediately directly to the castle at first and, and going to the beach, you guys went to the beach first and then realized, I guess, later on that you can just drive up right onto the fucking castle. So I don't know why they just didn't end the first place. But you go to the uh, you're at the castle. You fight something there. I can't remember exactly what the fuck you fight there. Behemoth. Uh, that's it. You just fight the behemoth and you destroy the crystal. I thought there was another like boss thing. Well, you fight the behemoth before the ship comes in. Yeah. And then you fight Ultima, like, and then the crystal breaks after you fight Ultima. Right. But then like you fight Ultima again later. So I guess that's what confused me. Well, you fight. I can't, I can't remember. You fight the first form of Ultima in like his mind or something like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, yep, you fight. So you fight there, you beat Ultima there, you break the crystal, but then that pisses him off or something, or like that's part of his plan. And he goes to the crystal eminence thing where the, tw the twins are or whatever. And then, like, just 
rips that whole city out of the ground and then makes a giant crystal island out of it that floats in the air. Yep. And that's his like that's the the his actual main base or whatever from because there's like a lore dump thing I can't remember like when it happens but they they explain that he is from another either another reality or another planet or some other location that they there was a thriving civilization on and they drained all the ether out of the world and made crystals out of them or whatever and that brought the blight and then. They came to where they are now and made humans, and their goal was to have humans just be, like, slave animals and not actually have, like, consciousness or some bullshit and, like, work the land or something and then power the crystals eventually so they can get power back to go to another planet thing or something and... He's he's going to use the power from the crystal. Like, they're going to drain all the life energy with the crystals... And then use that energy to create a new planet where there was no blight. That was their goal. Yep. Which I don't know why the the, the blight wouldn't just follow them because it seems like where magic was used uh, causes the blight. Yeah, they didn't think that through very much. Which is what like Clive even says to him is like you're the same as us or whatever. You're just yeah. I don't know if this is like a global warming like comment thing or like an environmentalism thing, but they're like, oh, you're just like us. You're you're destroying the planet for your own selfish needs or whatever. Why can't you just let us? Why can't we coexist and figure something out and and not consume the planet or whatever? But Ultima's like, oh, it's you're you're not a creature. I'm assuming Ultima is like the rich people or something. He's like, you're not an actual person. Only my people are people, and we're going to exploit you for your resources so that we can survive and whatever. I don't know if it's commentary or not, but it, you know everything is commentary nowadays. Yeah, it probably is. So, uh, it, so this happens sometime. I, feel like, I can't remember if it's like in the final fight or if it's this fight, but at, after this, uh, Ultima gets his crystal island. You go back to your headquarters, and everybody's like, "How do we fucking get there?" And then I guess it's a side quest thing we can do with Mid, where she's like, "Oh, I've got airplane like airship designs," and then they decide not to do the airship thing, and they decide to sacrifice Dion because Dion's like, "Oh, I'll just kill myself uh, to get you guys up there so you could fight the good fight against Ultima." And uh, I guess also side note, he's like the first gay main character, or I guess, or even like side character in a AAA game, maybe. So that's cool for representation or whatever. Uh, they they harp on that for a while. Like every cutscene you have with him, he's got his like his lover boy soldier dude, and they like confess their love to each other all the time and shit. And it's like a weird dynamic, like a weird power dynamic thing that doesn't feel like supernatural. Like the her, his lover boy almost feels like he loves him because he's the prince. Yeah, kind he's, of thing. Like the, he's like the head of the dragoons, like, is what his boyfriend is. Well, I thought. Dion was the head of the Dragoons. I don't because think he's, he's, he's the dominant. dominant. He's just the dominant. Mm-hmm. But he's like also the best Dragoon dude or whatever, right? Oh, yeah, whatever. He does do some Dragoon moves later on where he jumps really high. So maybe maybe, maybe it's both. Because he's... Well, we never see his lover fight or anything. So as far as I'm concerned, he's just some dude. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was like his bodyguard. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's... that's, that's a thing uh but you get to the headquarters and then like you have your big whole like 
side quest dump, which which can be, I guess, three, a couple hours if that's what you want to do. And like every you wrap up. I said that with quotes. You wrap up loose ends or whatever with all the characters. That I wasn't particularly interested in at that point in time. Anyway, I was like, oh, we're doing side quests now to wrap up stuff with people who I don't know anything about too much anyway. Sweet. Um, and then we. The big plan is to fly on Bahamut's back, get up to this Crystal Island thing, I guess make a hole in the Crystal Island thing with Bahamut's Gigaflare shit, and then go inside and fight Ultima. And so you do that. Uh, but uh, as you get inside, I think you fight Ult one of Ultima's like forms or something. I think he turns into his version of Ifrit. Um, and you fight him, but he beats the shit out of you guys. And uh, Dion gets killed defending uh, Clive and Joshua from like some big attack. And then Joshua's super fucked up, and you carry him through to the, the final battle room, and he just dies there. And you get the uh, Phoenix icon out of him at that point. So now Clive is fully powered up. So I guess the ultimate goal of Ultima here was to power up Clive with all of the icon because that's what also you see at some point the tapestry thing I've referenced before the complete version is there are uh, eight icons uh, there are it's Ifrit, Garuda um, Odin Titan uh, Shiva uh where the other two are, and then Leviathan. <laughs> uh, Ramu, um, and then Leviathan's on there, but they they, reference, they said this at one point, like, Leviathan's the, the lost icon, whatever the fuck that means. Uh, but obviously you don't fucking need it for Ultima's goal, his plan, or whatever. Um, and then they also notice that there's no Phoenix icon, but then they look at the drawing of Ultima, and he's got, like, feather, feathery wings, so I'm assuming somehow... Phoenix, like he took the Phoenix out of himself to replace the Afrit thing or something. I don't know. They don't really fucking clarify that shit, but that's like that's the clue that you, the characters get that uh, Afrit and Phoenix are supposed to be like together, and that's how they power up and become like Afrit Prime or is it Afrit Prime or whatever? Is that what it's called? I don't remember what it's called, uh, but it's like. Uh, so a freak gets like phoenix wings and shit. And you see that once when you fight Bahamut, um, because Joshua and Clive like fuse together. Uh, but then because you get Phoenix's icon thing, you're able to turn into a freak prime by yourself, and then you fight Ultima, and he's got two or three forms you fight against, and then you kick his ass, and you save the world, but uh, in the process, Joshua dies, and then Clive like falls out of this crystal island thing into the ocean. He gets like uh, carried to a beach where he just I guess dies on the beach. Well, and then he the dies because he, he gives all the magic. He destroys all magic basically. Oh no, he gets Ultima. He absorbs Ultima powers, right? Yeah, he becomes and Ultima then... and he uses that power to, to basically just get rid of magic, kind of like Final Fantasy three style or six style. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because then he's, his body disintegrates and he's like, oh, I guess not even the vessel could hold Ultima's power or whatever. Yeah. 
So he dies. Uh, and then, like, you get a, some kind of skip, and you're, like, at a family house with some kids, and they do, they do some random NPC shit, and then, like, they're like, oh, can you read me the story again or whatever? And then you go to a book, and it closes the book, and it's, like, Final Fantasy by Joshua, whatever the fuck his name is. And I'm like, so at this point, I'm like, hold on. <laughs> Do we just play a story? Or, like, is this the epilogue where, like, this is the world, and somehow Joshua wrote a book before he fucking died about, like, how everything happened? Because, uh, like, he died before, like, the world got fixed. So, to me, it's, we just played a story that that wasn't a book. Because I don't understand, like, there's no way you'd get anything that happened in the sky, the Crystal Island, in a book. Unless it was written by some dude who just happened to be named Joshua, whatever. So, like, well, so that's it for the story. So let's talk about it, I guess. <laughs> uh, I, I, how about we start with Kyle on this? Because I've, I've been talking a lot and Kevin did the fucking gameplay shit. So it's your turn. All right. Again, I feel like I'm on the other side of this. Like, I didn't mind the story. Um, I thought the branded versus regular people was kind of a smart idea. Um, we actually talked about this, uh, Kevin and I, I believe, a couple of days ago before we did the episode, that a lot of the Final Fantasy games, um, this one and maybe six, you destroy the crystals instead of saving them. Like, that doesn't happen a lot of times in Final Fantasy games. So I thought that was kind of nice to see something a little different. Was it a little over the top? Yes. Was it a little cheesy in some points? Yes. Um, was it a little too Game of Thrones-y? Sure, I'll agree with that as well. But I do think some of the individual characters were pretty good. Um, I did like Gavin and Wade, um, seeing them as uh, move along. Like Quinn and the story of Lost Wing, I thought that was kind of nice. Um, Jill was pretty cool. Some of the side quests, yeah, they were a little whatever, um, but I feel like the longer ones did flesh out the characters uh, a bit, and I kind of like that. Um, and honestly, there are a lot of RPGs where you do start off by just handing people food or cleaning up basements with oil in them or just doing random fetch stuff. So, like, I get it. Does it work in this day and age? Probably not as much, um, but maybe that's just something we got to move away from than trying to go back towards, I suppose. Um, otherwise, story, you know, Joshua didn't like Joshua much um, for all the dominance. He was probably the worst of all of them. I thought his ties to the story and kind of the ending were a little weird. Um, Barnabas especially was kind of lame also, thought just way too over the top. Um, but I will say, uh, and maybe I'll get some disagreements here from other people, I thought this iteration of Sid in Final Fantasy was one of the better ones I've seen in a long time. Um, I felt like they did a really good job with that character. I felt like it was kind of nice to have that, you know, sense of a mentor early on to kind of give you how the game works and then, you know, taking him away and all that stuff. But but in a long line of Sids, I thought this was a pretty good Sid. Probably top five, three, something like that. Um, at the end of the day, ending, weird, less ambiguous, would have been super nice. I did appreciate that some of the story beats were well spaced out. Um, some of the smaller side quests probably could have gotten rid of. And really, I just wish um, at the end the ending wasn't so open-ended. Um, thought it was just kind of weird. Personally, my choice, Clive dies, Joshua writes the book. I think that's kind of what, what the basis is these days. But maybe there will be a DLC, and maybe we'll see something else. Uh, overall... I gave it a three and a half out of five. Um, I still feel pretty good about that. Sweet. All right. Uh, well, Kevin, do you have anything to say about that? 
so that's for me. I think I said this before. The game is style over substance. Uh, and that applies like across the board. Um, if I were to like try to give a like a good I guess like analogy or whatever, it'd be like this is like a Hollywood blockbuster type of movie or like type of game where there's so much like focus on like big explosions, big visuals, huge vi vistas that are like look great, but it, they sacrifice like an actual good like a narrative to carry you through the experience. So they're relying on you being hyped up and pumped up by like the big fucking icon fights and shit, which are admittedly pretty fucking sweet. Like I'm not, I can't shit on that. That's probably the best part of the game, in my opinion. Like those big ass fucking icon fights. Yeah. Uh, I prefer like to be able to do that like more freely, like in the over, like just turn into a fucking free and beat the shit out of some like random monsters or whatever on the field every once in a while or whatever. Uh, like I said, like, complained earlier about, like, needing more, like, things to do, but in the story, like, story-wise, it feels like they were ha they have, like, two separate plots, and Clive never interacts with the other plot. It, it just happens in the background, and you're, because Clive's plot is uh, turning into Ultima's vessel, essentially, and uh, whether, like, he's he's not aware of it the whole time and you as a player are not aware of it the whole time, but that's his, his plot line. And then everybody else is living in the world. And so stuff is happening that does not involve you or Clive. And then the game tries to it, like half ass involve you in the stuff by being like, Oh yeah, by the way, since you're like, you're Sid now you have to go make like friends with these dudes so that we can get supplies or whatever. And that's why you get all these dumb fucking shitty side quests where it's like go and talk to people that you've never met before who have no impact on the plot at large and you'll never see them again after this side quest kind of thing like uh like Kyle mentioned the Quentin dude like you see you meet him the first time um like in the first I guess like time era uh time era of the game or whatever before the the second skip um, and he's just like, he's like, oh, I'm some dude that runs this town and, and I'm kind of a dickhead, uh, but I'm friends with Sid. So if you're friends with Sid, I'll help you out or whatever. And you're like, okay. Uh, and then like, cause you go on through the game, you do a couple more side quests with him. And like, you learn that he used to be some head honcho dude in the empire. And he got in a fight with some other guy because he didn't think bear, all bears are pieces of shit. Even though he treated Dick, you like a piece of shit. Cause you were a bear the first time you met him. Um, but then he got ousted from his position and he decided to make this town for everybody and everybody could be free or whatever. And you're like, okay, that's a cool idea. But then somehow he like becomes like everybody in the town, like worships him. Like he's a God or some shit. And they willingly just throw themselves to the fucking like, uh, wolves and die. Like you get slaughtered on mass to try to kill some dude because that's his whole goal is he was building up this his private army to assassinate a guy that treated them like shit or whatever many, many years ago. And I guess got his family killed or something. Uh, oh, yeah, because he said, like, he used to think he was, like, he was. A, he also thought bears were pieces of shit until he had a bear kid and something happened with his wife and his kid or whatever. And he's, like, he realized that bears are humans too or some bullshit. Yeah, they get but he, still, he doesn't act like that as a fucking character. Even at this point in time, he still acts like a cunt. And 
so like the, every time I'm doing his side quests, I'm like, dude, I really don't give a fuck about you. I don't understand why these bear dudes care about you. We all want you to come to my headquarters, which is a way better place. And but whatever, like, like, like Clive has no like input on the situation. You're just there as an observer observing this thing happen in the world. Like it has no bearing on Clive's adventure. You could either do or not do the side quest because it's a side quest, right? So, uh, like, I don't know what would happen if you don't do the side quest. Like, if the town still gets destroyed by the Aether Flood, but regardless, it doesn't really matter too much because you, as a character, as a dominant, can run through the Aether Flood unaffected or whatever. So, like, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't impact the plot at all. Uh, like, the plot that's involved with Clive, like, it's the background plot shit that's happening still. It does change, I guess, but for Clive and your adventures, completely irrelevant. And I feel like in other like Final Fantasy, it's like even if you do side stuff, it still has some kind of like bearing on the plot in some way. And this one, like they went for a whole like grand political country fighting country war thing happening, but it's all behind the scenes. Like every time you like do stuff like destroying crystals, you could talk to that uh, Vivian Ninetales. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then she's like, she gives you like a 10 minute cutscene of like, oh, the Empire here is moving troops to wherever. And then like the desert people are fighting back, but they're allying with whoever the fuck else. And then the Barnabas people are like also like throwing orcs and shit at other people. And it's like, all right, this is kind of cool, I guess. But then that's it. Like you, you see the stupid cutscene, and then uh, Clive's like, all right, and we're going to go fucking destroy another crystal now. And I'm like, I don't. So. Why did you just tell me all this political stuff? Yeah, it's I'm, I don't know, it's distracted, but it has nothing to do with the main plot of the game. Like all this other stuff's happening, and it's all just to make Clive strong. The way all the pieces come together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for me, like like I said, it's like two different plot lines. One of them they could have just not fucking had it. Like I guess I guess they need some kind of fluff in the game to for story or whatever the fuck, but. If they just focused more on, like, Clive's personal journey, or like you said, like, give him some kind of, like, hero's journey, or, like, he can grow as a character, uh, and, like, even maybe, like, let you play more as uh, other characters and get, like, a feel for them, and have, and, and so that when they're, like, in your party or you're talking to them about stuff, you have references for what the fuck they went through. Like, if there was less of, like, cutscenes showing random dudes in a council being like, oh... We need to fucking enslave more people because we need more resources or whatever. And then, like, instead, give me like a section of the game where I play as Jill as she was like captured before, and like kind of see what the fuck she went through. I'd be like, okay, I feel for Jill more, and because like I know she's supposed to be the love interest, but I don't really like. I get like she's hot, and so that means Clive's gonna fall in love with her. Like, great. And she's loyal because she's just hung up. She's hanging out with him. But I don't know anything about her as a person. <laughs> so when they fall in love or whatever, I'm like, eh, okay, I expected that to happen. Whatever. Like Final Fantasy X, there's an ensemble cast. And they, every character talks to each other. They play off each other. You get their personalities and shit. And then when, like, Titus and Yuna, like, have the moment or whatever in the fucking water thing, you're like, okay... That's like that. Uh, I knew that was coming too, but it, I guess it hits differently because there's like there's actually build up. Yeah, they earn. And in this, it's like 
they kind of like tease back and forth. Like Clive's like, oh, I've got a job to do. And then Jill's like, oh, I think I love you, but I don't want to say anything. And you're not going to say anything. And then they, they wait till they get naked on the beach or whatever. Uh, I don't know. It just didn't feel like that. That kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, like I, I knew it was going to happen eventually, but I was like, just get this shit over with. Like, rip the fucking bandit off. Like, obviously, they like each other. Like, I don't need to wait the entire fucking game for them to be like, oh, I like you. Whatever. Anyway, this is me ranting about random shit. Uh, story <laughs> took too fucking long to, like, get anywhere. It actually didn't get anywhere for me. Like, I was super disappointed in the political shit because that didn't actually tie into anything important to the plot. Uh, the ultimate shit, like, turning... Climb into a vessel or whatever it was, I guess, interesting, uh, but it just wasn't fleshed out enough for me to give too much of a shit. Because, as you said, uh, Kevin, like at no point was I concerned that maybe there was this, this was a losing battle. Because, uh, even if Clive the Clive just like bumbled his way into fucking situations and then won. And they're like, oh, yes, this is all part of Ultima's master plan. But how? How the fuck? We, we have no clues about, like, is this, is he actually fighting against fate or is he just following fate? Like, what the fuck's going on? Well, once you, and then, once you knew that uh, Ult he was Ultima's vessel, like, Odin wasn't going to do anything. He's just going to basically make him stronger. So, like, Odin could have killed him, like, a couple times. Well, yeah, like, well, even Barnes was like, oh, I can't do anything because Ultima says I'm just supposed to, like, power you up or whatever. Yeah. But th And then he, like, you kick his ass or something, and it, then he, like, he gets human again, and he's like, oh, man, actually, I kind of want to kill you now because I'm returning to my humanity or whatever. Uh, like, like okay. I, I understand what the fuck that shit was all about, really. But, you know, whatever, like, anime plot shit, whatever. Uh, yeah, it's it's like a, it was a weird thing. I don't know. I didn't like it very much. I thought the whole the game itself was boring, like the gameplay and the story. Uh, I kind of I just pushed through because I needed to do it for the podcast. Exactly. And uh, I'm I I was gonna give this a two point five, but like the more I'm sitting here, just like fucking hating it it's it's working me up so i'm giving it a two out of five Fair. uh let's see you said you said three right yeah i said three because i you know there is some good story in there but it, it's like yeah dig deep for it you know some right of the, on right on uh some but, of the what but the, the overall story just wasn't good like they could have made they could have done so many other things with it. Just this whole Ultima, the big bad, wants to destroy the world type shit. It's like the most uninteresting like story plot lines out there. Like it's more, it's better when it's just more political shit, and it's like one guy versus another guy, and maybe it's more shades of gray instead of like super black and white, you know? Yeah, it's hard to feel. Like I guess people love Superman, but you have to do Superman right, and they're. I guess trying to make Clive like Superman-ish to me because like, he's all powerful, but it's just not. They just didn't do it right or whatever. I don't know. It's just I didn't feel for Clive. I didn't feel for his story. Like he went through like suffering and shit, but they didn't. 
Like, he didn't, like, it didn't show that it affected him. He's just like, oh, yeah, my life fucking sucks. Yeah, my life sucked like, my entire just... life, and it hasn't changed. I'm like, all right, <laughs> fucking whatever, man. Suffering just to put him through suffering, it didn't make them do anything. Yeah. In the long run, it didn't like make him a better person or a bigger person. It made him like mad, I guess, but didn't change anything. Like, I guess I was supposed to give him like perspective on like human like normal people and like bears are both humans but he already had that perspective because his dad was a good person right about that stuff so there wasn't even anything like when you when that stuff gets exposed he's not he's not like oh man that's a shocker he's just like yeah my dad told me bears are good people and i've been working with bears and i'm a bear or whatever and humans are good people or like regular people are good people too or whatever i'm like okay you're not telling me anything new here i'm not like there's no you're not breaking any ground about what the fuck's going on. I feel like anybody playing this game who's a decent person is going to be like, I agree with this sentiment. It's nothing shocking. It's not like the character was a fucking out-and-out out racist, and then he's like, oh, wow, I learned something different about these things. I can come to terms with them as, as being whatever, like normal people. There's no, there's no change. He's a static character. There's no dynamics to him, and it's just fucking boring. Yep. But uh, that's enough of me... Rants. <laughs> uh, Kyle, disco break time. What'd you pick? Uh, so my choice was the theme from the second base on the water. Um, this is called Our Terms. I think it's a real nice, uh, nice jam. Really like the the bass music. Um, I know all of the music we'll talk about a little later. It's just a little bit of a different iteration from itself in many ways, but this is the one I like the best. So uh, once again, Our Terms.
Alrighty. Time for the visuals. Uh, I think it's only fair that Kyle starts this one up since uh, Kevin and I have done other categories. So, how'd you feel about the visuals? Alright, um, so visually I thought this game looked amazing. Um, I really thought that the boss fights were extremely epic. The level of detail they put into a lot of stuff there was uh, absolutely impressive uh, in all ways, shapes, qualities, all that kind of stuff. Um, I feel like in the game, overall, landscape terrain was pretty varied and the characters felt unique for the most part. Like, everything looked really good, honestly. Towns felt true to the areas. Um, I think the architecture was well-designed, well-crafted. It didn't really feel reused a whole lot in those assets. Um, I felt like uh, Walud was really desolate and destroyed. I felt like the art style really helped with that. Lost Wing, uh, a lot of other areas that were covered with the Aether Floods later on in the game did feel different from what they were originally in the story, so I liked those artistic effects as well. Um, as far as, you know, like, glitches, other things, I didn't notice a whole lot of clipping like we have in some other games. That was nice to see. I'm sure it does exist. I just didn't notice it as much as others. I didn't get a lot of frame reduction. Um, heard a lot of talks about that on the internet, but really didn't happen on my end. And uh, at the end of the day, I think attack effects, magic, all those sorts of abilities, transformations, um, icons, dominant tra uh, changes, all that was, was really well done, um, especially for Bahamut. I think that fight was pretty cool to see in outer space um maybe a little over the top but but still i thought they did a good job with it so for visuals on this one i'm gonna give it a four out of five um i think next uh we'll do kevin because nick definitely has uh maybe needs a break after that story yeah i'm with you. i thought the game looked amazing um the characters are all you know unique looking for the most part i mean some of the NPCs and the towns kind of look alike. I mean, I just I guess it's kind of normal. Um, but yeah, the every area looks really detailed and great. Uh, there's not really much to complain about. Um, so yeah, I think it's a I think it's a four and a half out of five. They did reuse a lot of uh, enemy sprites, I think. So I knocked it down like a half point for that. But other than that, it's a, a amazing looking game. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty much in agreement with you guys. Uh, I think I said before that the visual is probably the best part of the game. Uh, the textures are pretty much great throughout. The characters are uh, like costumes and stuff look very, like, I guess, time appropriate and everything looks pretty sweet. Uh, I do have a grape though. Like I, pre I really preferred the very first costume you get for Clive, for, uh, as opposed to his like vampire bear chest shit he wears later. But I get, uh, maybe I guess it's just me. But I prefer like a a dude that looks like a, a warrior. I guess. It's <laughs> a great way to describe that costume. Like even like female like Jill like her costume is great. Uh, I think if they like had her in like a fucking battle bikini or whatever like that would have been awful like i'm not i'm not a fan of that stuff uh so don't don't like peg me as those oh dudes have to be dressed to the fucking nines and plate mail and chicks have to be in like fucking string bikinis like no i prefer very much so like uh like appropriate attire for what's happening with like the characters and i feel like that was well done throughout the entire game um, you know, he does kind of look like a belmont now as you say that 
Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Like, his nipples are almost popping out of his fucking shirt. I'm like, what the hell's happening here? <laughs> like, whatever. And, like, when you get the costume, like, the chick's like, oh, this was your dad's favorite outfit or whatever. He saved it for you. I'm like, what? What kind of kinky shit are these people up to in the fucking the sticks out here? Like, all right. Um, the, uh, I think I said it before, but the icon battles are like a big budget Hollywood thing. And, uh, like they're phenomenal. Uh, I wish there was more of it. Like, uh, I, you can replay, uh, like, uh, just the, the storyline missions, uh, via that stone thing that Kevin mentioned before. Um, but I think I would have liked just the ability to replay icon fights if you wanted to like just those things. Cause those are a huge like spectacle and they were fun and i did a lot of it like no hit so it was frustrating for me because there's like lots of cutscenes and stuff between them um and i because i it'd be cool to just like play a fight out if you felt like playing a fight out over like 15 minutes just to experience it again without having to play the whole game over um uh, otherwise like as kyle said the all the spell effects the the visuals and like combat and everything are fantastic uh, I do dislike the fact that you fought, like, every area you went to had, like, the same enemies. Uh, there was not much enemy variety, uh, which I'm taking a whole point off for because it's, it's a triple-A it's a game. That I feel like they could have had more enemy variety, but, like, you literally fight, I think there's, like, eight or nine enemies that are not bosses or some shit. Like, you get the same goblins, you get the same chocobos, you get the same things you get the little baby wyvern things you get the big wyvern things uh and then there's like the akashic dudes which are just like reskinned normal enemies uh i guess you could count those again over if you want to but uh more enemy variety i guess would have helped a lot but I, ha I have lots of complaints about battle stuff and that's just more battle stuff i guess but visually everything looks great uh i'm gonna give it a four and a half and uh, we will move on to music slash voice acting. Uh, so I'm going to let Kyle start this one off too, but just going to say the composer for this uh, was Masaya Masayoshi Soken, who I guess also does a lot of stuff for Final Fantasy XIV. And then there were additional tracks done by Takafumi Imamura, uh, Daiki Ishikawa, Saya Yasaki, and some guy named Justin Frieden. So... <laughs> All right. Um, so do this one again. I'm also going to add in there uh, voice actors Ben Starr as Clive and Ralph Innocent as Sid. Um, the voice acting in this game is really good. It really is. I think they did an absolute great job picking voices for the characters. Um, it does get a little, uh, you know, like... They're using a lot of people from Europe these days. I suppose I'll go with that. That's really kind of where we're at on this uh, now. But um, but I really think they did a good job lining everything up. I think the music is fantastic. Uh, it's all orchestrated. You can play it on the jukebox through the game. There's a lot of really great songs here. Um, the thing that this game really is going with is that it has, I think, like 200-plus unique tracks. And not that they're all crazily unique. Some of them are just rehashes of the same song three to five times throughout the game, but it really does feel like they put all the music well together. I think 
Um, the the song I played before, Our Terms, um, Hide, Hide Away, is the first version of that in your first hideout. I think you can kind of see the differences between them, um, but you can see that it kind of sort of progresses along uh, throughout. I think that it was nice that there were parts of songs from other Final Fantasy games uh, that were included in this, like We Travel Together and Duty. Um, it was kind of nice to get the nostalgia on those ends. Um, other than that, I, I honestly, I could have picked like four or five different songs to choose for this episode. I think there's a lot of good tracks. Um, it is a bit of a situation where it works a little better with the game, but I did find myself in preparation for the show listening to the OST and liking it more than I thought. Um, Brotherhood's great song, Ascension is a really haunting uh, song, 16 Bells, which is the uh, normal battle theme, it's a great, great track, fucking bangs, um, Shoulders of Giants is great, State of the Realm, honestly I put that on in work, that's the, the what plays at the table with Vivian and Ninetales, I think that's a great tune to kind of like get ready for the day, honestly, um, otherwise, yeah, everything, everything in here, music, voice, acting, Final Fantasy is pretty well known for it and I think they've they've followed suit uh, really well here. I'm going to give this one a 4 out of 5 or 4.5 out of 5. Um, since I went with Kevin first last time, I'm going to switch it to Nick. Okay. Uh, I'm in agreement with you with the voice acting. Uh, generally it was I would say fine to great uh, which should be expected from like a AAA uh, production uh, like you. I think I so I wrote here, I don't know why they go with the British VAs and stuff, but I think actually it's because they're not part of like the voice acting guild or whatever, so they don't have to pay them a, a fixed, uh, like agreed upon union rate, and they can just pay whatever the fuck they ask for or whatever. Um, I do. I, I did have a weird issue with Ben Starr. I felt like he did a Batman thing, where Clive was just grappling the whole fucking time, and it's like it made me laugh sometimes. Like people would be talking to him normally, and he's like, "Oh yeah, we gotta go." Destroy the mother crystals. I'm like, all right, man. Fucking, <laughs> all right, all right, Batman. Shit. Uh, but other than that, uh, the music was pretty great. I don't think a lot of the stuff I could listen to it like just in the car or whatever. Like maybe there's some bangers that are, like people who listen to when they're working at the gym because I feel like that's a thing. Uh, like you said, uh, there are a lot of songs apparently and uh. The guy used a lot of the same leitmotif, which is what you said, the same pretty much melody um, throughout. And uh, I felt like a lot of the songs were, which were were like pretty dark, which is what they were going for like plot-wise. Um, and the uh, like the the core melody though, like uh, it's not really catchy to me. Um, so like the the stuff they use for a lot of songs, like you can hear it, uh, but again, like. I probably won't listen to the soundtrack outside of the game. It's really bombastic a lot of the times. It's really well orchestrated, and it's I feel like designed for experiencing together with the visuals uh, to really enhance the experience. Uh, but I can't say of like cruising down the car, like blasting one of these fucking things, uh, because it's not very. I just casually listenable to me. It's more to me. It's more of like an experience to be had as opposed to. Uh, like music to just jam to or whatever, which is fine. Like that's there's a time and place for stuff like that. Uh, and I will give this a four out of five. And I'm seeing Kevin type some shit now, and I totally didn't fucking think about that. But yeah, like what the fuck is up with that? But I'll let you say it. Yeah, uh, I'm with agreement on with you guys for the most part. 
the music is great, amazing. Um, the voice acting is really, really good. Um, the thing I typed in there was uh, it wasn't all voice acted. There are some parts in the game where, like, at your base, you'd be talking to someone and they say, like, the first line and that'd be it, and then just be written text. And you're like, what? what? They couldn't say the whole damn line? So that was kind of annoying. Um, I, I like. I enjoy that they weaved in some like classic uh, Final Fantasy tunes, like from like even Final Fantasy One, where they have like the crystal theme and stuff like that, and it's kind of weaved into some of the other uh, songs. So I did enjoy that. Um, so yeah, it was it was great. Four and a half out of five for me. Real quick, adding on that one, adding vocals to the victory music, I thought was a great. Great choice. Uh, yes, that goes into my music break. Unless anyone else has anything to add, no, I don't think so. Nope. Uh, my pick was uh, Infrit versus Odin uh, theme. Um, I just like the when you're in that battle, that theme really uh, was really good. I really enjoyed it. So this is Infrit versus Odin.
Okay, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, overall experience. Uh, I think it's only fair that Kevin starts this one, since he hasn't started one in a while. And as Brett would say, it's expectations versus reality. Uh, we all have our own kind of definition here, so take it away, Kevin. Oh, well, overall, um, my I was disappointed, I would say, because... Even like even though they were going with an action game, I thought it would have been would have been something more than what it was, um, and I feel like they should. I think they need to stay more into RPG RPG territory. I don't know if they feel like more people would play an action game, or if that's what they're going for. But that they are not as good at it as other people are, so I think they're going to hurt their brand by doing it like this more. I mean, I guess the brand's already kind of hurt as it was, but I said it in the chat, but I thought this game was worse than 15, and a lot of people don't like 15. And I'm trying to think of a game, like a Final Fantasy I'd rather play, or I wouldn't rather play than this, so I think this might be the worst Final Fantasy to me. Maybe 12? Uh, no. 13. 13 is what I'm thinking of. That online? Yeah. Like, maybe the online games I would rather not play, but for, like, a mainline, like, actual console game, um, might be the one I like the least. Um, it just was... The gameplay didn't hook me, the story didn't hook me. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. Um... Yeah, I just didn't like it. So to me, overall, it's a two out of five. Okay, doke. Uh, I guess I will go next then. Uh, that way, Kyle can leave it on a high note. <laughs> uh, for me, after like coming off of Final Fantasy fifteen, I wasn't expecting much, and I was still disappointed. <laughs> Um, I like I saw some of the like the marketing made everything look great like the because the, I I guess that, that's how you do with marketing right you put all the good stuff up front first they, what's what they do in like movie trailers like a lot of the times you see the whole fucking movie in a trailer and I kind of got that vibe uh, from the trailers and the stuff they showed from this game I wasn't really attached to any of the story uh, kind of established that I felt the game was boring. Um, I had, I probably, we shit on it a lot, but I think I had more fun playing like pure solar than playing this game. And I think that's more because, um, I just really gravitate towards like turn-based RPGs and it's for me, it has to be a really like special experience to be like a fun action kind of game. Uh, they really have to nail the, the mechanics and it has to something like be something that I really enjoy. Um, and we touched on it before, but I think this game is just spread too thin in that kind of gameplay thing uh and and or it's more for like a casual gamer and it's not really made for me which is fine uh like stuff doesn't have to be made for me all the time but uh i am gonna be like i was already wary about final fantasy before this because of 15 but i'm gonna be super wary about i guess picking one up at least for brand new uh in the future uh now if they like they finally put out this Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy Tactics like remaster or whatever the fuck they hinted at before. I'm buying that shit up 
day one, but uh, any like Final Fantasy 17, I don't know. I'll probably wait for a big sale or a complete edition or something like that. Uh, and overall, I feel like this is a two out of five kind of experience for me. So, uh, time to to lighten this place up, Kyle. <laughs> All right, boy, weird being the uh, you know positive guy here, I guess today. But um, but yeah, I I liked the game. Um, I thought it was good to play a Final Fantasy. That I thought it was nice on multiple levels. Like, I don't know. I saw this more of. Like, clearly they tried to make this more of an action game than the Final Fantasy VII Remake, but if I kind of tried to treat this game like an actual RPG rather than an action game where everything's supposed to be, like, the tightest combat ever and all that kind of stuff, and maybe that helped me a little bit more. Um, gameplay definitely could have been better, but I'm not sitting here trying to make sure my hitbox is absolutely perfect or anything or I need the right, you know, build and souls to do X or Y or Z faster than other people. So so I guess maybe, I don't know, maybe it was just like simple enough where it worked for me, whereas a lot of RPGs, GRPGs I used to play, like when I play them now, they're not difficult. Um, that's not exactly what I'm looking for in games, so maybe it was better. Uh, otherwise, though, I think the the um, story could have been a little bit more fleshed out, and some of the beats took a little too long to get in between. Um, I think some time could have been spent deeper going into a few characters in the in-between, especially Jill would have been nice uh, to see kind of what she was doing for a lot of time. And I think uh, we hit on it earlier, it really was that Clive was just, he was there and the story evolved around him um, more than being a real part of the story itself. I think that would have done the game a lot better. I do think that a few more RPG elements would have been nice. Um, you know, elemental damage specifically, some sort of way to make my equipment feel like it's a little better than not. And I really do think this could have used an, a good mini game, um, especially through Vivian at the table, something chess-like. Uh, in the notes I've got like Triple Triad or Wheels from Sea of Stars, um, but it could have use just something to kind of mix it up and give some extra side quests a little bit of meaning. Uh, wonderful graphics, music, and honestly, like, I might try to play this again on a harder difficulty, um, but we'll see. There's a lot of stuff coming out. So overall, for me, I gave it a 4 out of 5. Um, I did enjoy this game. I had a good time with it. All right, sweet. Uh, I think I said before, it's like 50-50 kind of split with people I read on the internet, so... This seems to pretty much fit. Mm -hmm. um, that moves us on to replayability slash extra content slash trophies. Uh, I guess I'll start this off because that'll kind of make that also uh, it even split between everybody starting off a section. So uh, replayability. I don't think this has any. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> uh, I also don't think there's any extra content because you can... I mean, there's like side quests and shit, or whatever, but you can do that while you're playing the game. I don't know if you miss it, miss any side quests if you don't do them before like time skips and stuff. Oh, uh, but... yeah, you miss those. Oh right, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, so I guess that's if you miss those, that's a reason to play the game if you want to see that stuff for whatever reason. Uh, yeah, if you want to bring some and then... to some random people you never talked to again. Go for it. Right. <laughs> Uh, and then as for trophies, I think it's a pretty easy list, except for like having to replay the whole fucking game on uh, turn enemies into even bigger damage sponges mode. Uh, I don't. I, I guess you get an ultimate weapon or whatever playing like Final Fantasy mode, New Game Plus or whatever. I mean that's cool, 
and I guess you like it breaks the level the level cap because I think in the original uh, playthrough you're capped at level fifty, but then you get to level ninety nine in New Game Plus or something, or Final Fantasy mode, or whatever it is. Uh, so that's cool. I guess like I'll be more inclined to like do that a year from now when I'm not still like reeling from the first playthrough. I think Kevin's almost done, so uh, I guess you can take over from me from this. But I'm giving this section a like a 1.5 out of 5. Uh, wait till you play it again. Uh, well, I got I got to... Uh, I beat Benedicta, and then it's like, I gotta do something else with my time. So. Yeah. I, uh, I'm about to fight Odin uh, my second playthrough, so I'm almost through the end of the game. The second time, um, there is, they don't add anything. There's no extra... The only thing you get is that extra sword, which probably doesn't really do much more damage, uh, so it's not really worth it. There's no extra story beats. You can't really save Clive at the end or anything like that, which some games do. Um, so unless you want to play a harder version of the game, there's not really much else to do. Um, I What I've been doing is watching YouTube on my laptop as I've been hitting square. <laughs> through the game and just been skipping through everything because um, yeah getting your abilities all yeah, there's like there is a, a couple um, places where you can grind that out I've just been waiting to get to the end of the game so I didn't have to wait too much time with it to get the ability trophy um, but yeah it's it's not fun so this is where I'm going to pull out my 0.5 and give replayability a 0.5 out of 5. Okay. Oh, we had it that was coming. <laughs> uh, Kyle, how do you feel about this section? Alright, um, so I'm like the worst one on replayability trophies because I don't get them all specifically. It's just not a me thing. Um, I thought I was going to play this right away again, and I think now the more that I'm talking through it, it's probably because I wanted the game to be a little bit more difficult, and maybe the new game plus would do that. But there's not a whole lot beyond that. Um, I don't know, you guys can tell me the trophies seem decent to get, not terrible. Um, I don't know if it's that much of a time crunch to level up all the abilities, but honestly, like, we all played through Tactics Ogre, and I spent darn near 200 hours playing that game, and I got all the trophies as well, so, like, who am I to talk, honestly? <laughs> um, so, honestly, I'll give it a, I'll give it a 2 out of 5. Yeah, it's not high on replayability, it's trophy hunting at best, but at least the trophies don't seem that tough to get. Right, they're more of like just an investment, I would say, which is, it'd be fine if the game was more fun to play, but it's not very, in my opinion. I guess you can like, there's, I like to have some videos, there's like some ways to like grind experience or whatever, and AP or whatever real fast, but uh, they're like in very specific spots, and if you miss them, you, you have to kind of resort to less efficient things, but the rest of the trophies, uh, I think they just come from playing, and then like if you if you one hundred percent the game, uh, like do all the side quest stuff or whatever, that's a, a other set of trophies. And aside from just like doing it again on New Game Plus Final Fantasy mode, it's pretty pretty simple, so not too bad. Yeah, definitely no tactics over. That's for sure. Okay, uh, and nobody has anything else to say. We'll move on to musical break four. 
good. Alrighty, so Musical Break 4 is my pick, uh, and this one is, I think, in my opinion, the best song in the game, uh, until the lyrics come in at least, because that threw me for a loop. But uh, this is called Titan Lost, and it is when you fight Titan the second phase, I think, during the Vagal fight uh, before you kill him for real. And uh, I was—I remember like, just sitting here playing, like playing it, and then kind of just whatever, being whatever about it. And then we got to phase two, and the song started playing, and I was like, "Oh fuck yeah!" The first real jam of the game. So uh, that's my pick. Hope you enjoy. If you've made it this far, we really appreciate it. Thanks for sticking it out with us. Uh, the next game we're going to be doing is Pathologic 2, and I guess that's just going to be uh, Kevin and I, because Kyle will be busy being a, a new dad again. I guess that's the right phrasing. For me, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Pathologic 2, I guess if you're unfamiliar with that, is like a Euro RPG, at this, I guess is what you would describe it. Um, and it's more of, it's, I guess, more outside my wheelhouse than something I'd normally pick, but I've heard really great things about it. It's supposed to be kind of like a horror mystery kind of vibe thing. And uh, I guess you can play with a guide, but you're supposed to play without a guide, so that's what I'm going to do first. So it might take longer to, to fully complete it, but we'll see how that goes. Um, and Kevin, I think you have to pick after this, but you said you have really no idea what you want to pick. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, okay. I have like a list of five games I'm gonna like bounce around like Lunar and Final Fantasy VI and maybe Beyond Earthbound. Earthbound. So probably Star Ocean Two comes out in 
three, four days. Yeah, I'm not picking that. He's he's trying to find something easy to get trophies in. I think Star Ocean Two would be like at least three playthroughs, maybe. Yeah, that's another hundred hour platinum. Easy. So I'm I want to play something uh, story rich that uh, I'm gonna enjoy playing through. That's not a Trails game. I could always pick trails again too. So it's just like I don't want to pick the same stuff all the time though, and I don't want to pick Final Fantasy because we just did a Final Fantasy. So it's like I don't know what I want to do. I might pick. I might pick Game Deck. I might pick that. So that's how's Game Deck? Exactly. <laughs> Let's look this shit up now. Yeah. You probably packed it. Be my guess. Uh. uh There's a Kickstarter. I don't think so. I've never heard of it before. So yeah, maybe that's what I'll pick, but we'll see. It's just called Game Deck, like D E C K. D E C, like you're a game detective. Oh, detective. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was it out yet? Like, yeah. it's been out for like a year. Oh shit. Oh, okay. Damn. Oh wow, this was 2020 Kickstarter. Fuck. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, this. We'll see what happens after we finish Pathologic 2. Yeah, well, as I'm playing Pathologic 2, it'll tell me, like, like what am I urging to play next? So, it's going to be one of those games. Well, I know uh, Kyle and I have done Sea of Stars, so if you really hurt for something, you pick that. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready for that one. You, you, that might be my next pick if you don't. Yeah, that way you don't have to play anything. You just come and talk to <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. Yeah, it'll only be like 10 months after I play it. <laughs> Alright, well, uh... Do you have any, do we have any emails? Oh, dude, that's a good question. I don't know. Let's see. Or questions. Uh, Somebody said something in the Discord about questions for once. Oh, was it an actual question or just people asking? Who... I think so. Somebody put like a claw, applause emoji or something after he's, whoever would have said it. Uh, let's see. Oh, I put the applause emoji. That was me. The slow clap. Yes. What are your thoughts on the design of the world? I.e., not open world, but smaller chunks. Personally, I found picking your destination on map screen really immersion breaking. It made it difficult to get a feel for the world or where different places were. From Mick92. I agree. I did not like it. What do you guys think? Uh, well, I was reading to see if we had an email, so I kind of wasn't paying attention. But oh yeah, I can I can take it for a second. Yeah, I boy, I don't know. Putting it that way, like yeah, I don't necessarily like it. It is a little immersion breaking, but I don't I can't think of a better way. Like the world map, like the older games. Sure, I get that. Um. And I kind of feel like that's what they did in a little bit of a way, honestly, where you just pick between. But, but yeah, it was a little, it was a little immersion breaking, um, having to having to do that. Uh, I think they could have like just put the places together, right? Like, because they have the fast travel points, so they just put the fuck like put a loading screen right in the next. Like to load into the next zone without having to go back to that weird world map. Part of the because they already have 
they have a fast travel system, so just let the map be the fast travel system. How much time went through, like, by, like, in this game? It's another thing. It's like, all of the places you have to go through probably take the fucking longest time to get to. Well, yeah, because you'll, you'll do, a, like, a section of the plot, and then it'll, like, fade out, and then you're back in the home, like, area, and it's like, it's been six months since whatever the fuck, and, like, I don't, there's no really frame of reference for any of this, but okay. If you say so, it's been six months. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I guess, like, the map thing didn't bother me too much. It's kind of whatever. Uh, like, there's a, I think there's a whole thing, too, we skipped about in gameplay, where, like, there's an NPC that lets you, like, see if there's side quests available anywhere else. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, like, it also shows on the, the world map, so I feel like the NPC is worthless. It was. So, like, all right. Uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. I, I'm kind of, I give or take the world map thing. Uh, I, it's convenient for, I guess, n moving fast, but I, again, I think just pulling up a fast travel menu would do the same thing. So, whatever. Uh, we got no emails. No other questions. Well, There's that usual one I'm not going to answer. Would, would you guys rank this as your least favorite Final Fantasy like me, or where you guys at on that? That's tough. Three is really not fun. Two as well. I don't know. Three is okay. Two is not great. But the early ones I'd put below this. I'd also put 13 below it. Okay. I think I'd rather play 13 than this one. I just don't get how. <laughs> This is why uh, it'll go a lot quicker. <laughs> it's all <I> touche. <laughs> so I haven't played all the Final Fantasies, but the ones I have played, uh, like I never finished 13, so I don't know if I should put this below that, but um, it's still pretty low for me. It's definitely on the bottom. Yeah. Like I know, like I said, we shit on 15 before, but I'd rather play 15 more than this. Um, oh, yeah, I'd put 15 below this, too. Damn. <laughs> Shit. 15 was bad. I don't know. I didn't like it. I had fun with 15. Before, I remember was kind of not liking it at the time, but I did go through all the DLC, except for the art of one. I haven't just done that one yet, but... Uh... And, I don't know, I, I had fun with that stuff. Like, I had fun with the game, kind of. Because it was, it was all it was the same. It was the same kind of combat as this, though. Like you press square and you press circle to dodge shit or whatever. So I don't know. They're both on the same tier for me, I guess. Yeah, but uh, when you got stronger, you felt stronger, you know. Oh, that's true. Like you did like fuck shit up pretty easily. Yeah. And this one, it's just like, oh, it's a, a little more bit bigger sliver off the health. <laughs> yeah. And, well. That's a great thing about opinions. We're all have our own. <laughs> right. So, nobody's right, nobody's wrong. It's all just different tastes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, I guess we'll wrap it up here then for real. Uh, we have a Discord. Please come and check us out. Uh, somebody recently joined, so that was cool. Welcome. You have a weird fucking name. It's Absolute Zero, Absolute Zero or something, right? Uh, welcome to the group, even though you need to talk more, I think. 
Uh, check the email. You can email us at rpgshow.podcast.gmail.com. Uh, we will answer the emails live on air. It's not live, but, you know, whatever. Uh, what? You know, as long as it's something bad. <laughs> it's live for us, but for you, it's recording, whatever. I think Zero, uh, Zero Freeze is his name. Zero Freeze. Zero Freeze? Okay. Well, in the Discord, but I think he, like his piss and handle was like absolute zero or something, right? Oh, maybe, yeah. Close enough. Like yeah. six, six is in there or something. I don't know. Uh, we have a Facebook page. Do you still post it on there, Kyle or Kevin? Yeah, I'll put. Okay. I always post the new episode when I when I post it uh, on Spotify. It goes on Facebook too. Okay. Okay. But yeah, if you uh, you can get if you want to contact us, you can contact us through there too. At least Kevin, because I don't look at that shit. That'll <laughs> <laughs> be uh, I don't look at any of this shit until like I'm reminded to at the end of the episode. Uh, we do have an Amazon affiliate link as well. I think you can click on that in the show description thing, whatever. Uh, every penny out of Bezos' pocket comes to us, so that's nice. Do we get any pennies this year? Dude, I don't know. The, the <laughs> last, I just checked the email and it said the last update was in July, so <laughs> probably not. Yeah. I have to double check. Even then, I can't use it to pay for the website thing. I don't think so, because it's all Amazon credit or whatever. But I keep forgetting. Maybe one day we'll, we'll be able to buy a game for everybody off of it. Fingers. <laughs> uh, let's see. You can listen to our friends Blaine and James on the Is It Worth a podcast. Well, maybe have they started back up yet? Mm, I haven't. I don't know. Is Blaine still doing the Blaine stuff? But you can listen to their old episodes at least. Pretty good stuff as far as I know. Um, also, Kevin and Blaine do or we're doing Video Games the Movie. Yeah, it's been a while. Again, up in the air. Uh, well, I guess there's I guess some new some new stuff to listen to. If Kyle, you want to plug your new thing? Oh, yeah. Not even my thing. Just did a guest on uh, games my mom found. Um, so you guys can check that out. We did Shadow Hearts for the PlayStation 2. Is that just a review or what's the... Yeah, basic review. Um, he does like a random game a week. Um, they brought me in as more of an RPG guy. Otherwise, they do like movies once a week and some other random stuff. They do like three episodes a week, so got a lot of stuff there. Um, oh. Yeah. You said like one of uh, like an episode a week, and then you're like RPG. It was like, how the fuck? No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only. But they don't finish it. They just play a little bit of it and talk about it, probably. No, he plays through most of the games. He's like three months ahead on scheduling, too. It's nuts. I couldn't do it. Oh, wow. Professionalism. <laughs> What's that? Not for us. Oh, boy. Definitely not. Uh, all right, well, I guess uh, if anybody has nothing else to say, we can close out the show. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, as always, thanks for listening, everybody. And until next time, bye. Bye, everyone. See ya.